0: Yo, what up, though? This is B-Boy Reds. I'm DJ Butter, y'all. On this Funky, funky Fresh, Fresh in the Flesh, flesh podcast. podcast, we so, live yep. in effect with my man's hush, multi-talented producer, MC, world traveler, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we got hush in the house, y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, coming, sir. Man. Man, thanks for coming through, man. Man, I love y'all. So I'm, you I love know, you know, I'm, too.
1: Honey. I'm a uh, what do they what do they say like long time watcher, <laughs> listener, whatever <laughs> no, you want to say. I I don't miss an episode. Yeah, well, oh, thank yeah, you appreciate yeah it, I, I appreciate. Yeah, I love what y'all do, man. man. I, I'm
0: thankful for having me. Thank uh, you, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, man, we we just happy to is to make the uh, the show with um, producers, MCs, and we we really want to get that side of the game as well because you've been producing since.
1: Yeah, since so, man, ooh. since 95, 94? Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah,
0: man. Tell everybody,
1: man. I'm... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Say, oh my god <laughs> we about to go out. I'm fifty, you. dog. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, you ain't
0: helping. I don't know yeah. if I remember. It, my brain is fried at this point. I'm there too, <laughs> what you want to know? What you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Everything. Man, <laughs> talk about um. You know, growing up in Detroit, man. You from the east side of Detroit? Oh yeah, I grew oh. up
1: in Coney uh, Gardens. Okay, with okay. with uh, Della, Tracy, T Three. Okay, we was little kids. You know, this my mother went to Pershing. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, so I was grew up right there at Six Mile Ryan. Mm, right. My buddy's pizza over there on yeah, the east side, yeah. and um, yeah, living with my grandmother over there. My me and my brother, my mom and dad. And, uh, yeah, man, that was like the, you know, those are some of the best times of my life. Right. I always say it. You know, I'm, I'm sure we all say that. You know, when we were kids, just living free. Right. You know, we didn't have to worry about nothing. You know, like, it's funny. I was just telling somebody recently, like, everybody worried about COVID and all this other stuff. I'm like, man, I remember... In the being in the swimmobile, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> you try to tell somebody about getting in a truck with a bunch yeah, of nasty right. water and a bunch of the kids truck. <laughs> I mean, that in dude, a garbage is, truck I of water, fun. dog, yeah. like dumpster, basically. Yeah. You know, we had like the, a, when we had the real bad thunderstorms, we yeah. just sit on the street next yeah. to the next to the gutter, right? You know what, <laughs> what I mean? And just let the water flow over us, whatever. Yeah. Like, man, they worried about the, right. us catching the flu? Right. Man, please. Right. Like, you know how much was stuff we How <laughs> <laughs> much bacteria he was exposed <laughs> right. to right. his kids? Right. Like, but, man, those are some of the best times of my life. I actually have a house, a picture of that house that I grew up on, on Ryan, uh, in a black and white canvas in my in my uh, house, okay. just so that, um, I, you know, I, I let my children remember Ooh, along right. with me. You know, sometimes I take them by there, you know, we shot videos by there, or whatever, and just always just to let them know, like, hey, this is where I come from, right. you know, and it's that way I never forget, you know, because I, I feel like a lot of times when you in this business, dependent on how much success you yeah. have, or whatever, sometimes the business can stray you away from that, right. you know, right. like, you, you may use it as a selling point, oh, I'm from Detroit, or, you right. know, I'm from the east side, but to really just it be ingrained in it and remember it, and right. and to never forget that, you know, to, to the the hum it humbles you.
2: Yeah, it keeps you grounded. Pretty yeah. Much. yeah, it's crazy
1: because it me me and um me I did a T three a documentary with T three, we were trying to uh, do a documentary with him a long time ago, and we went back to that neighborhood, and I was like, did you know uh, a couple white boys lived over yeah. here, or whatever? And he was like, yeah, you know, Danny and David. Like, yeah, I was like, Danny. Wow. We didn't even know it. This wow. whole, the, our whole time being in, t- in the scene, we never yeah. knew that we grew up b- right. blocks away from each other, and and they played in my in my yard. We had the biggest yard on Ryan Road, right? And my parents had always made sure that we had like all the baseball mitts, right? All the bats, all the balls, all the basketballs, you know, all that. And we would go up to Jane Field and Jay we would steal the bases. Right. And bring him back to my house and, <laughs> and set it all up. Everybody played in my backyard. Right. And, um, you know, and he was like, and then we ended up going to Buddy's Pizza and running into, like, all our friends from when we was growing up. Right. Danny, Tracy, we was like, this is crazy. Man. And so, uh, yeah, so I lived over there for the longest. Um, At some point when I was in my teens, my, my dad became a, uh, right before he became a Detroit cop, he had moved us out to Mount Clemens, so I was out there for like three years. Right, right as high school was starting around that time, and um, but then when he became a Detroit cop, he had to, we had to live back in Detroit, so we moved right. back in with my grandmother again, and then we moved over to uh, over by um, Denby.
0: Okay. Or so it was so wild I, I grew up on uh, justine oh yeah
1: you you right over there you, yeah. yeah all uh, the spots in like yeah. norwood yeah yeah you yeah. you're in the same neighborhood pretty yeah. much yeah. I'm sure we knew the same people yeah, yeah. Of course, you know out <laughs> of whatever for whatever reason yeah. this industry has always put us together six degrees of separation yeah. you know I can like I could talk about so many people that in that I met just it being in the Detroit scene, it just been like, Oh, well that's my auntie. Oh, that's my uncle. Yeah. Yes, yeah, my daddy. And you're like, yo, this is that's crazy, you know, right. like but growing up on, on uh we we were on White Hill for a while and then um we moved like a year later or whatever over to Lake Point. And it was like over by Houston Whittier. Yeah. Over yeah. there off the of Meringue. So that whole area over there, that was uh, you know, eighties. Yeah. What's well, 80s Detroit? Yeah. You, yeah. You, I don't even got to tell you. You know, yeah. i 16 houses away from McCurry's. Right. You know. Right. And, yeah. Oh my Yeah. Johnny's my man. Little so. man's my man. That's Johnny my dude. Curry, yeah. And, uh, you know, all, all the wives and the sisters lived down the street from me. Uh-huh. And, right. you know, White Boy Rick had his arcade at the corner of my street. His daddy had the arcade at the corner of my street. So, right. you know, we was always in there getting ice creams or, or whatever. And, you know, and now he's out. I haven't seen him. Right. So it's like, you know, that that whole scene was just like, just entrenched in Detroit stuff. You know, whatever that may be. My dad was was always working. So I didn't really see him. He was on afternoons or or, or midnight shifts. Okay. So my mother and my grandmother pretty much raised me and my brother. So in the 80s, you we was gone. Like, yeah. they was oh, it was just like, funny. come back when the street lights come on. Like, right. yeah, okay. <laughs> like, my, they'd have to drive around the neighborhood to find us, you know, right. catch us on Dean or catch us on, you know, wherever, <laughs> catch us on whatever street. And, right. And pull up on us and embarrass us in front of everybody. <laughs> Boy, you were supposed to be in this house, but let get in the car. Right. You know, right. but good times, yeah. man. It was all good times. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any, any bad memories of growing up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? even, even with, um, I mean, you had you have some of those memories that that are uh, you know for some people it's bad, right? You know, people shot, yeah. Some people got killed. Some people went to jail. You know, I one of my boys growing up when I was like fifteen shot a Michigan State cop, wow. you no, know, and he got gunned down in that battle with the, with the cop. So, like, that, you know, that's, that's, it just seems like that's everybody's story. Right. But yeah. I don't really talk about that that much. You know yeah. what I mean? I like to talk about the good stuff.
2: Right. You know? It seemed like then it was, um, it was dangerous, but it was safer for younger kids at that time.
1: Which is so Cause, ironic to yeah, say.
2: Because we, we was able to play and have fun. It just seemed like. It was more dangerous for the teenagers and young adults. Yeah, based on what you were into at the time. Yeah, I mean,
1: plus look at them kids that was with the YBI. Yeah, them yeah. kids was like nine years old. Right. All them, all them little kids that yeah. was running around with Butch them, like they was nine years old with with Max Julian's on. We yeah. were, that, but that all made that was that was hip hop to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me want to have a Max Julian. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. Out. Twelve years old,
0: I have. Man, yeah.
1: what well, I was 15, 16, and seeing yeah. seeing Rock coming with the <laughs> follow the leader coats, I was like, yeah. I want that. I want the Gazelles, Right. the nine fifty ones. Like I want, you know, ponies. I want right. all that,
0: <laughs> you know. That's dope. So that was. So yeah. that was, I was just I'm a football typical football. Detroit life, yeah, for right? Honest. It was heavy. It was run DMC land out here. It was yeah, bro. It yeah. was yeah. it was Levi jackets yeah. and all that.
1: You know, even like PE was rocking them Wranglers. Everybody yeah. had yeah. on Wranglers. Yeah, you couldn't be caught yeah, dead, be dead in a pair of Wranglers. Now,
2: say so when did you start actually rapping, or for which one did you do first? Were you producing rapping or kind of both?
1: So I started. I I I started rapping when I was like twelve. Okay. But it was like, I think it was kind of like how everybody kind of did. Like, I would take songs on the radio, right? switch the lyrics up, yeah, make them yeah, funny, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And right. then I'd be in school and get caught, and then the teacher make me rap in front of the class, you know, uh, doing that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so
0: What was the first hip-hop record you, like, gravitated
1: to? Uh, first one was Planet Rock. Mm. Planet Rock. It, even though, I mean, it had lyrics, but... It was more the beat because I was more in... I've just always been more into the beats when I was at, at that young. Like, even like Reck- Reckless by yeah, Ice-T. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, i I told Ice... I tell Ice this every time I see him. Like, Reckless made me... Reckless made me want to rap. Like, rap, rap. You know? Right. Be- it was... A, it, to me, it was... When looking back now, it's not more advanced than than the message or something like that. The way they was rapping, their right. flow, their cadence, whatever. He was right. so gangster, but it was just oh, yeah. something about yeah. it. Yeah. It, was it was just,
0: break just so breakdance. It was yeah, so breakdance
1: yeah. heavy to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Because right. of the beat. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Chris the Glove right. did the beat. Yeah. You know, and and that that track was just amazing to me. Yeah. Right. And I my dad worked for um Chatham Supermarkets. Oh, yeah, I remember it was like the like the grocery store yeah. in the hood, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, and I started breakdancing and my I told my dad like, can you bring home some boxes from work? Right. And my dad was like, for oh, what? What are you <laughs> to build a clubhouse like? Yeah. You know, he, he said that. <laughs> I was like, no, like I'm a, I, we break dance on them, right. and my right. dad was just like, whatever, you know. So he brought, he used to bring me a bunch of uh, boxes on, them. and I I went to Catholic school at the time in Hamtramck and I used to take them there and my teachers would let me like put them on the floor in, in the community center. Right. And nobody was breakdancing except me. Right. And then I started breakdancing and other people wanted to breakdance. And then I wasn't teaching them how to do it. We was, cause we was kids, but they were just doing a style of it or whatever. Yeah. And then we, next thing you know, we all breakdancing. And now we having talent shows there. We're having school dances. Right. They never had school dances before at, at the school. So, you know, that, but it was Ice-T's Reckless that made me want to concentrate (laughs) on being like, okay, instead of doing these parody songs, write my own, you know? So I would, I I started out taking his lyrics and wrote all his lyrics out. Yeah. And then I would substitute his words the same way that I did the parody stuff, but say stuff that was a little bit more, you know, rap style that's dedicated to what I was doing with my friends or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, and then from that, I just, I, I just kept on doing that and, and, doing talent shows and talent show here, talent show there. Didn't get into beats until '94. Uh, okay. And I was at a friend's house, and they had um, an Insonic EPS16, and that was like the precursor to the ASR10. Right. And it was actually the last year that they made this this certain model, because they were doing du- discontinuing it and that's when they were upgrading it and then they created the asr 10 from it right and so i learned everything on eps 16 i knew everything because my boy would just have it in his room he had records galore you could sample you could do everything he showed me how to do everything he was his mom bought him this keyboard and he was just lazy with it and i was like dude (laughs) let me let me take this home let me let me let me this is what i want to do so he let me take it home a couple times and then finally it was like, um, you know, I, I want to get my own. So I went to the, uh, I went to the spot called the music box. It was way out in the burbs and, uh, this dude, Mitch who owned it, he was like, they don't make the EPS 16 anymore. That was last year. They, they made a new version of it. It's called a- 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 ASR 10. And I was like, wait, he was like, it's right here. And it was like one of the moments, like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like White, nah, it was, it was like, the, you know, <laughs> right. you saw a glow around yeah. it and all that. And I went yeah. up to it and I, I started making a beat in the store. Oh, wow. Wow. And he was like, he was like, uh, are you going to buy this? Like, are you, I said, yes, I want it. And right. so he was like, all right. He goes, if you buy it, you can come back because they, they didn't come with any sounds in it. Okay. You had to create sounds. But they did come with discs okay. that had the sound, grand piano and okay. synthesizers and, you know, like, um, like choir drums, you know. But right. you had to sample and create your own right. whatever, the same way you did with the EPS-16. Right. But he was like, yo, if you buy this from me, you can always come up to the store and just copy the discs. Okay. You ain't got to buy any of these okay. discs. I got a whole library. You can just come up here and just, just buy the blank disc and just bring them up here and copy them. And I was like, sweet. So I I came up here, came up there and spent days up there. And I copied his whole library.
0: How much was the board at the time? $2,500. Yeah. And how old were you? I was 22. Oh,
1: okay. 22. Everything before that? Yeah. Everything before that was DJs in the neighborhood playing instrumentals. Right. And that was pretty much it. You rapped over everybody's instrumentals that came out. Right. Right. And for yeah. me, most of the stuff I gravitated to to rap over was all gangster stuff. It was right. all West Coast stuff. Right. Like, anything anything NWA-related, you know, I might even... uh I mean, sometimes I do, like... Because Peter Piper is so gangster. Yeah. Like, yeah. Suck MCs is so gangster. Like, yeah. I, I don't care what nobody says. It might be a real East Coast Run DMC beat, but it's something about those drums. No, it's so crispy, like... That era of production, East and
2: West Coast, it was simple, but it was hard. Yeah. Back then. Cause Suck MCs made me actually want to rap rap. Like before I would imitate, like you said, copy. But Suck MCs made me say, okay, I can rap like this. And that's what did it. So yeah. that um that beat, like the way they was hitting the, the beats and how it compared to the West Coast at that time, that era, it was all
1: somewhat similar. Yeah, Larry Smith was on something back then. Like all that all that stuff Larry Smith did. Yeah. Even the Rick Rubin stuff was incredible.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like that and that's kinda like for I think for us, that was the only outlet that we got to hear for some reason. If you paid attention to what was going on, it was Larry Smith, it was Rick Rubin, you know, anything out, out on the East Coast. You know, even, like, rapping over, like, the Slick Rick stuff. Right. Anything with them shakers in it. Yeah. It yeah. Like, seemed like everything had one of them shakers on it. Yeah. You know? But then, you know, I, I liked all I liked all aspects of hip-hop, though. Like, that's... I loved the Kid and Play stuff. I loved all the fun mm-hmm. stuff. I, lo- I loved Hammer when he first came out. The right. Right. That Let's Get It Started, that was yeah. that
0: was fire. Yeah. I mean, you a b-boy.
1: I mean, you... Yeah, guys, so it's like, you a gotta... B-boy. How do you not like everything? Yeah, you, you know, wanna, like, yeah. if you're a b-boy, you... you yeah. You tend to like anything that's got something that drives right. you to get on that floor, yeah, right. and it's like you know. So, but at some point, you gotta come off that if and transition into other things. Other you know, elements. And if them. you love right. it, you love the elements of it. Like I can, I can draw. Yeah. Like right. I can do graffiti. I can do all that stuff. I did all that stuff. Got caught doing that in school. Got caught doing it in the neighborhood. Like cops right. whipping up on me. Like right. You know. Oh man, I could tell you stories, dog. Like yeah, right. getting in trouble spray painting whole walls, and right. then the owner making me have it to pay. To have his whole side repainted, you know, because I got caught doing it. man and, I remember, remember when uh,
0: Cruiseville Productions spray painted the whole city? The bro, <laughs> bro, they had to the free. <laughs> they had the city on lock yeah, with that yeah. shit. They got fined. Yeah, <laughs> like a, like yeah. A
1: couple
2: hundred thousand. They got
1: caught big time. Yeah. They, they had to pay a lot. Man, right. Was they promotion. Bro? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah,
0: they said fuck a post. <laughs> It's like how do you,
1: <laughs> I, like how, how do you think you're not gonna get in trouble <laughs> for that? Like yeah. you putting your shit on yeah. every. Everywhere yeah. come back. yeah. Like, it wasn't like you want to explain your marketing, advertising right? uh, yeah. marketing strategy yeah. here, because you that was fucking crazy. up our city. <laughs> crazy time, man. But now look at it, now look at what it is. Right. Look how embraced yeah our city is when it comes to uh, how yeah. art is. Yeah. It's crazy right. to have yeah, that weird. whole shady uh, shady records mural yeah. off the off the boulevard yeah. with Conway yeah. and on there. Right. That would never stay up, right? right. A whole summer. That's been up there for years. Right.
2: Right. Yeah, that's
1: crazy. I mean, we had that. You know what was funny is we had, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Shepard Fairey. Yeah.
2: So he does all the Obey stuff.
1: The Andre the Giant. Yeah. So he's based out of LA and uh, he's basically, he's based out of the Bay and I've known him before he was famous and him and his wife and he was just like doing all these You know stuff on parchment paper or whatever and throwing it up you know or whatever and the Andre the Giant was the thing that really blew him up he came to he became so famous worldwide Detroit um commissioned him to do a piece downtown on the side of the wall that's that's kind of right now it would be facing uh the new Hudson Hotel Beautiful. The whole building had one of his, like, I mean, it was incredible. It was, it was huge. It was gorgeous. And I was like, I was like, dang, like I've right. knew that dude since before, you know, anything. Right. And here he is in my city and he's got a full big old piece, man. I think they paid him like 200 G's to do this. Right. The next summer, they like built a parking structure in front of it. Yeah. To, to, to cover and, and covered the whole thing up. And I was like, They don't even know who this guy is, how big. They must not really know globally the impact this guy as an artist is and how many people he's influenced. He is like our Warhol of the modern times. Right. Because he's doing what Warhol did. What did Warhol do? He just did like Campbell's soup cans. Yeah. How is that art to people? Right. But his stuff was Andre the Giant, and he did all these. He did these very revolutionary, uh, very pro-militant um, sayings and and whatever he was very the stuff that he was doing was very anti-government, mm. right? But and public enemy w- was a big part of the, him also. Oh, they okay. endorsed him wow. because of the, the language that he was putting out there. It right. was like pro-Bush at the time, pro-like, uh, or, or I'm sorry, anti-Bush. Um, you know, like anti, but anti-war, right? Love, peace, all that right. kind of stuff. Right. And to see them just cover that up.
2: Lot. I'm like, man, That's this is crazy.
1: crazy.
0: Seem like we don't value a lot of uh, a lot of stuff here. I, it's just like even the artist. You can ask like majority of the artists, like, have you ever been to Hitsville? And I just like, you know, it's like, damn, you. I've you? drawn past it. If <laughs> <You laughs> I say, did. I've been there three times. Yeah. I think
2: we take we take so much stuff for granted because yeah. we're used. We're to here. We're here. We're here. Yeah. And we always assume it'll be there whenever we're ready. To appreciate it, and that's not the case.
1: See, a lot of people have told me, Hush, you need to start a tour.
2: Because
1: whenever any of my people come in from out of town, like anybody industry related, Mm -hmm. they get the tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I I don't just I don't mean I don't mean the glossed over tour. Right. Like I don't even include hitsville in that in that spot. You know what I mean? I go past Tony V's and I'm like, this is, this used to be Alvin's. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, and let me tell you what out how the stuff I saw at Alvin's, right. you know, or take him to where rhythm kitchen used to be, or right. take him to the red door to after hours joints. And right. you know what I mean? Like I take him to the real spot and they're like, dang, this is crazy. Like we didn't expect to see all this. And I'm, they're like, you need to, you need to get a van. Yeah, <laughs> and right. I'm like, ah, I can't be yeah. doing all that. But, <laughs> but if you want to see what, What's real, I'm going to show you that. Now we'll go to Hitsville. You know, I'll add that. that, At last day, let's go to Hitsville. You know, we'll go to the DIA and go to certain things or or whatever, you know, and let them see the, 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 you know, what, you know, that stuff is. But if you're going to see the Detroit hip-hop scene from my angle, then I'm going to take you back to the 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 90s, and I'm going to show you uh, exactly where all the stuff was. Ebony Showcase. I'm going to show you where a hip-hop shop was. I'm going to take you to all them spots. Right. It's important.
2: Hey, talk about, so, um, because you've been around, like I used to, I'll see something in an article or something and your name will pop up. I think one time I was like at a Pistons game and they was mentioning you or something like that. Just when did you start like interacting with other MCs and collaborating and everything like that? As far as really getting into the industry, what well, you of got it.
1: the most collaborations, though, right? I think I got the most collaboration of anybody in the city, probably of everybody, right. just because I was I became friends with everybody. Like right. everybody, at some point, everybody was crashing on my couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at right. one point in, in the in the late nineties, my house just became a flop house almost. But, right. um, so it's weird. Like I ended up going to an adult ed school, Kelwood, over in East Detroit. Okay. Only because I screwed up so ba- and so, I screwed up my high school years so bad. Like right. I didn't care about school. Wait, hold on. When we say East Detroit, we're not
2: necessarily talking about the east side. We're talking about what is now East Point, right? Right. Exactly. All right. A lot of people don't know that. We so when you east hear Detroit back then, back then it was M- East Detroit. Yeah. 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 M-, right. M. Said in his line, "Got chicks over out in East De- but, East Detroit." But. He was talking about East Point. East Point because. The city, for some reason, didn't want to be affiliated with Detroit. They voted to change the name to East Point. Yeah. So, a history lesson. It's
1: so crazy because there's so many East Points in this. I've been to in the country. Right. Every yeah. Every major state has an East Point somewhere. Yeah. You know. But um, I went to an adult ed called Kelwood, okay. and at that school, this was like my my uh, this was my senior year. Right. Um, eleven. Well, half of my eleventh year and then senior year. Um, I went to school with Champ Town, wow. uh, the Roc, uh, and Paul Metric, and they were basically uh, Paul Metric and the Roc at the time were House of Crazies. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's me, Champ, and the House of Crazies, and we all rapping at that school. But Champ was like the guy. Champ was that dude. Champ was on tour. Right. As a roadie, you know he with, a, with, with Run Public Enemy yeah. and, <laughs> Run and see He knew all them yeah, people. Man. Like right. Ice T was his and dude. Like food. he was in, the, he was in the syndicate, right. you know. And and so he would come back from, like he came back from uh, a tour with with Public Enemy, right. and like had like the tour jacket and like the varsity coach. Like yeah. this is like '89. Yeah. Right. And remember them? Remember them? How they looked yeah. in the videos yeah. with all them tour jackets on oh, right. with the, all, Man, I, I was like, yeah, like I used to be like, I know him, right? I know this guy, like I know him. Like we, we go to school, just a uh, right. jacket. And I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. famous. Like, you right. know what I
0: mean? That was like a
1: Bentley, or something. bro. It was. It was a statement. It was. A, it right. was a statement to everybody in the neighborhood because we all loved right. hip hop so much. Right. right. And you know, so it was just so big at the time. Right. I mean, globally, that's a whole nother level now. But right. for us back then, it was like everything to us. And so he would come back to school with that stuff on. And, you know, so we, I got to interact with those guys, but I never did anything with any of them. Okay. Um, and then uh, 93, uh, it was about 80, like four years later, I ran into champ at a, uh, at a Snoop, at a death row show at Club VIP. Okay. At a VIP International. I think that's what it was called back then. Everybody was there except Dre. Um, and shook. but Snoop, the dog pound, rage, Nate dog, everybody was there. Right. And um, Champ was there with Uncle Cracker
2: Wow.
1: Now Uncle Cracker and I had known each other since Mount Clemens days because I would skip school and go to this gas station that Uncle Cracker's dad owned. And Cracker sometimes would be running the gas station. Right. And like he, his dad would have, I think his dad had other businesses or whatever. And he would let Cracker skip school to run the the gas station. So we would skip school and right. go to the gas station and drink pop and chips and whatever. Right. And Kid Rock used to DJ my high school. So I knew all those, that little crew. Well, right. Champ was down with Kid Rock because they put Kid Rock in the Beast crew. Right. That was like, I think, I don't know if Ishan was in that but it was like champ uh black man uh kid rock was in it and they was like doing big things on the, on the east side and and at the time cracker was kid rock's dj so i seen champ and kid and, and cracker and you know and he was like so what you been up to and i'm like yo i got this keyboard now like i'm making beats like i'm i'm working on the project whatever he's like let's go do some stuff right. so i started doing stuff with champ town mm-hmm. then that that, it's just weird, it's just how things just explode after that. Because after that, through that interaction with Champ, I met Uncle Ill. Okay. And Uncle Ill and I ended up forming the Ruckus together. And then through meeting Champ's producer, um, which I had, I had a group called the Ruckus before Uncle Ill. It was me and this other guy, but this other guy wasn't serious about it. Right. That guy I had was doing, he was rapping or whatever, and his producer was the same as Champtown's, this dude Mannix. Okay. And when I went to meet Mannix, I met M. Okay. So, like, and M lived blocks away from me on Novara. Right. So, we, we all had the same friends. One of my best friends lived across the street from him. Right. And this girl lived across the street from, from him also that I knew, and that was kind of like in our little crew. Right. So, just that little click. You know, turned into other things. Like I'm like Champ introduced me to Proof at St. Andrews. Right. Then once you meet Proof, like you're gonna yeah, run you into gonna everybody, run everybody at that point. Proof. You know, because right. then I started going to St. Andrews. Right. And then when I was around St. Andrews, I'm I'm running in everybody. And and I would go to the hip hop shop, but I was more or less like done battling people. I was right. battling people in my school, right. but then going there, it was like I really wasn't hip on battling I didn't feel like battling at the time. Right. And I felt, it's weird because I felt like when I was there and I saw all the major battles that was there, like I saw Bazaar roast people some days, like right. so, so so different than what he is now, right, but right, right. people don't really realize how, what an ill battler yeah. Bazaar was, you yeah. know, or Fat Cat or any, any of those dudes. But I, I had looked at them like they were just starting out. Not knowing their their history or whatever they were doing, right. I just know my own history. I was done, so I thought when I was done, everybody else would be done.
2: Right.
1: Really, they were. They were. They were. They just had it on another level right. than what we were doing in school. They right. took it to the, you know, to the shop, and it was on some whole other thin stuff. Right. So I didn't really battle. I would just go there to watch and pay attention to who's my competition. Right. And that's kinda how it was. But then the competition became my friends. Would you have physical records out around that? No. Okay. Um I think we I think a year later. Right. Okay. A year later, um, Il and I put out our first album. Okay. Quiet is kept. Okay. And we put that out independently. Um and we sold like five thousand CDs out trunk. Trump. Wow. That was the compilation, George. No, that was that was that was the first album. Then yeah. then we put out the compilation. Okay. Right. Which was, um, uh, what was the name of that? Best Kept Secret. That was yeah. dope. That yeah, because that. that's the first time Bugs ever really got put on on anything. Wow. Because uh, he had these streets. Yeah, that was The house shoes did. Classic, classic. Dude, that is a classic. Super classic, man. That's another guy. That dude, man. He, that that dude. Was, yeah, Bugs. That, was, Bugs was, flopped at my house, cool. bro. I got stories. I old. remember going over there bro, and
0: Bugs and him was there and you making beats. This, yeah. To see y'all, it's just like, when I see you there making beats, I'm like, oh, these guys are real B-boys. Like, Yeah, man. You know, just like you, you know, well-rounded. I it was know, our life. It wasn't right. too many cats like you in making beats like that. That early. I think, they're, I think, I
1: think, yeah. I think they, I think they might have had other aspirations. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of them, it's weird. It's, I was afforded being able to do that because my girl would pay the bills. Right. You know what I mean? At the time. And, or I'd have a job, but it didn't really make a lot of money, but I was with my girl. So we, bills was always getting paid. Right. Um, we had our firstborn at that time. So we had a, you know, we had a baby, but um, I was so dedicated to getting on, I wanted a record deal so bad. Me and Uncle Ill, that was our life. We like entrenched ourselves into knowing every aspect of the business. I mean, we bought we bought a book called this this business of music. Yeah, I read that it's thing. That the white
2: like the white paper blue. back blue. Yeah, colors. but it was yeah, but yeah, they had yeah, a hard. I, 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 had, I had, had, had a
1: hardcover edition. It was like this big. Okay, All right. I read that thing front to back. I must yeah. have read that thing like three times. We had a, a a really good lawyer, Howard Abrams, awesome. from uh, University of uh, U, UADM, okay, or UAD law school down uh, over by uh, by St. Andrews, okay. about down in Greektown,
2: okay.
1: um, who never charged us, mm. wow. to do any contracts or nothing like that, um, and we were just we were just doing everything we could. We booked our own shows, right. we we book our own nights. We pay our own, you know, pay pay the pay the venue. Right. You know, we'd rent it out. We do. We did all that stuff on our own right. because it was like we we watched Kid Rock. We watched what Isham did, and they were our heroes when it came to that kind of that kind right. of business. Right. You know, especially real life. Real life was man. from the East Side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you couldn't go nowhere where James and them was at. <laughs> that, that they wasn't doing stuff that right. was like aspire making us aspire to be like them. Right. Different type of music, but their business was ill. It was like, right. that's how they got, man. And then we knew our fans were white. Right. Right? So, like, if we if we had a show at St. Andrews or, you know, or Ebony Showcase or whatever, the only people that was going to show up was our friends. Right. I mean, keeping it real, yeah. 99% of the shows in the 90s was all rappers and DJs.
2: Yeah. It was just
1: all our click. But the, the, the dope shit about it was we supported each other. Right. Yeah. Right. So every you oh you got a show next week, everybody went to it.
2: Right. I got a
1: show next week, everybody came to it.
2: But that also made you better because like if I'm there, we're critiquing it different than just the average fan. Like if you just perform in a bunch in a bunch of a front of fans and you sitting there, they're just Hurrah, hurrah, right? Yeah. But when you got a bunch of your peers there, it's a different vibe. Now they go home and be like, shit, we got to come better next time we perform, right?
1: Yeah, to steel, sharpen, steel.
2: Exactly. But at
1: the same time, you couldn't, I mean, this generation is different. Yeah. Our generation was, okay, I'm at this show. I'm at St. Andrews. Right. And I'm there watching Slum. They doing Look of Love for the first time. I knew when I left that show. Right. I can't go and try to make that. That's their thing. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm not going. I'm I'm not going to try to recreate that. Right. I saw the rabies. Uh, Swift and yeah. Beretta. And I was like, this is the this is the E.P.M.D. of Detroit. Yes. Yeah. Uncle Ill and I were like, we are naughty by nature, of Detroit. That's the way we looked at ourselves. We ain't gonna be them. We gonna do what we do. That's why we did songs like "We Came Here to Party" and like had had Cadillac Dale on things with us right. because we was trying to be different than what they was doing. They was more that street right. hip-hop, not like street street hip-hop, right. but it was just different than what we was doing. And everybody had their thing right. and they little niche and you left it alone. Like even seeing, like like I was going to say, House of Crazies or Isham, like they had that horror core right. thing locked, but they still, Isham didn't sound like horror, didn't sound like, House of Crazies too much to too, me. But too,
0: it seemed like back then that the East side was pressing them on records and stuff. It was like, um, yeah. Know, we had Archer. You had stuff to choose from. We right? had a we
1: had a pressing plant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On the East yeah, Side. Yeah. How could you not utilize that? Right. You know? Really,
0: every store I go every... to I see at the Ruckers. Bro, house. we
1: were, we were, we were, we were really it, it may seem like we were so like hot on that. But at the time, it felt like we weren't doing enough. Yeah. yeah. But we had got we had got a deal with Federation Records, which was Mark Kemp mm-hmm. and and um, Rico. and Rico and DJ AMF, mm-hmm. um, and we put out Episode One, which had uh, which had Eminem for the first time on any record saying Slim Shady. He had never said that on the radio before. Or on a on a, on a, on a oh, record. Yeah. He had never said that before. So we had him on We Shine, which was weird because we had uh, Proof and M was in the studio with us that day. And Proof had to leave. And Proof was supposed to rap on the We Shine beat, not M. Wow. M ended up rapping on the We Shine beat. And Proof ended up rapping on the beat we actually had for M. Crazy. but And I still have that. I ain't put it out yet. But I got I still got a vocal with Proof that uh his mother before she passed pepper told me like she she was like you got to put that out hush i want i want the world to hear what everything my son's done everything so i talked to a lot of people i talked to super and i talked to i talked to swift i talked to conniva i talked to bizarre i talked to Denine and asked him hey look i got you know respectfully you know what i mean this is my guy but and and bizarre and Denine didn't want nothing to do with it you know and I, I I respect that. You know, that's they you know, they just letting let it go where it is. But I've got a vocal from Swift that's for it. I think I got something from Super that's supposed to go on it. And I think I got something I might have something from Can Canava might have I put a verse on it too. I just haven't done anything with it, but it's gonna come out this year. I'm finally gonna do it. I think we're gonna put it on this new project that we're working on. But you know, like just knowing everybody from you know, this person to that person, you just right. gravitate to so many people. Well, too, y'all was
0: pressing up records. People were, like gravitating to y'all a lot more too. It was like, we, you know, it's not just freestyling and ciphering. Y'all, was, it was like, okay, y'all with Federation. I remember Bugs wanted to sign before yeah. he got killed. You know? Yeah. He was like, Bugs just wanted to get on. Yeah, he didn't care. You
1: know he didn't care what it was. You could have had, uh, you know, gutter records. And right. he was like, I'm, but that was the I'm on the, it. it. It was the professionalism. Yeah. Like, you know, learning consignment. Bugs, like, Bugs would have signed six record deals yeah. in a week. Yeah. And all six yeah. companies yeah. would have had no clue about the other one. Right. And later on, 10, 15 years down the line, they would have found out and been like... Man, George Clinton style. Bro, the (laughs) Ember. Bugs was my my guy, bro. Bugs was crazy, bro. Give us a Bug story, man, (laughs) for real. Oh, man. I I got so many. Bugs used to like, but like the days when we were really struggling, like, didn't have no money, and he would come sleep at my house uh, where, you know, it was like me, my girl, my my baby at Bazaar would stay the night sometimes. And my girl would be like, Bizarre can't stay here no more because I don't want that mother- fat motherfucker dying on my couch because he's snoring and yeah. pa- he has sleep <laughs> apnea really bad and he didn't have his machine at the crib. Yeah. Um, Bugs would stay over and we wouldn't have no money. And Bugs was like, You hungry? And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, I'll be right back. And he'd come back, you know, he'd come back with like Burger King, like four bags of Burger King. And I'm like, Daw, Where you get that from? He's like, oh, I don't know. That's- let rob this motherfucker in the and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Dog, what? What is wrong with you, dog? What
0: is... You crazy. He probably beat him up with his fists and stuff. Bro, Bugs <laughs> was just so crazy.
1: <laughs> Bugs was like... He would, he literally was that friend that was house-sitting or house-jumping from, yeah. you know, whatever for his next place to sleep at. And, and my place just ended up being the most that I would... You know, I, he was my boy. I let him sleep over there all the time. But one time... um, I went to visit this shorty up in uh Ypsiland and I was it was me, Bugs, Bazaar, and Omar.
0: Mm.
1: Omari. Okay. Yeah. From Omar. uh Don Diva. Oh love. Oh love. And um, so I was like, yo, y'all wanna roll? They like, yeah, we let's roll. So we roll up there. Um, you know, I take Shorty in the room, we hanging out, whatever. We in the room for like an hour, hour and a half or something like that. I come out and, and oh, love and bizarre on the couch watching uh, basketball, and I'm I'm ready to bounce. I'm like, where bugs at? And and Omari's like, Omari goes. I go, what? 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 He's like, he points to this door, and uh, I go to the door and I open it up, and it's it's her bathroom, and bugs is in the shower. <laughs>
0: I said dog what you doing in the shower oh dog
1: you got a towel pass me a towel right quick I said man you putting your dirty ass sick ass clothes back on like like, you had your dirty stink ass clothes. You jump in the shower to clean your body for these dirty... <laughs> hey, man, just pass me that towel right quick, dog. She like, that motherfucker in my, in my
2: bathroom.
1: Oh, dog. I mean, we was Buddy, dying laughing. That was D12, old, dirty bastard. Bro, he was. He was old, dirty bastard, bro. But that motherfucker could spit. Yeah, he was a greatest, Bro, he was the best freestyler to me yeah. ever. Like, he... I don't... I probably have... um I know I did three records on him and after he passed, I tried to find out from his brother or his mom, like if they, if he had left the masters anywhere. Cause I, I think he had did it at Mo Master, um, but we could never find the masters. Mm, right. And anything that I got, it was on a tape and it's grainy. It's, it's, it sounds like shit. I could probably put it through a mixer or a, ma- you know, a master, remastered somehow and bring up the levels on it or whatever. But, um, The shit that we did was super ill. It was like right around the time I was doing stuff with Paradigm and the stuff that I was doing for Paradigm was crazy. So he was getting a lot of B beats that Paradigm wasn't picking and that he had heard as I was making them. So he was like, well, if Dime don't want this, I want this. So then I would ask Dime and Dime would be like, yeah, I'm straight. And then I would give it to Bugs. Mm. Um, I know that um, I think his cousin, the. Um, his cousin the who got 50 killed. Fifty one, yeah, his head, shug, shug, yeah, recipe yeah. shug. Um, I think he had put some some of that out. Yeah, but it didn't get put out like proper. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was Bugs was my guy, man. I mean, when he when he passed, I asked his family, could I do the uh, you know, like the a benefit, and we raised, I think we raised like eight thousand dollars to help the family with the funeral right. and all that we stuff. We
0: keep doing that. Man. so just just to keep. You know, bringing the family
1: up. I always, every year, I always, you know, I'll pull a picture out of him when, uh, you know, either it's his birthday or or his, uh, you know, the day he passed. Um, just because I don't think that people, uh, I think, I think time has passed right. where people don't, you know, they don't mention it as much anymore. You know, maybe just they're busy. I don't I don't know what it is. You know, people's life just life, life just happens. Life you know what I mean? And and yeah. that day might pass and then they're just like, "Oh, well, right. I f- I forgot." So I'm not going I'm not going to post nothing now. Right. And I've been, you know, I'm I've been guilty of not being able to do it every year and when it comes around time, I've got something going on, I forget, but when if I do remember, I always will put up something nice about him cuz he was uh he was a wild dude, but what he did for me as a friend, him and Proof, rest in peace. Both of those guys helped me lyrically. Right. Like they really there's a confidence in them boy, Dude, let me tell you something. Them you guys the
0: confidence out of you, Bro, they them the dudes were was fearless. Was fearless. <laughs> the,
1: Proof was fearless. Yeah. He didn't care. He rapped about anything. I don't care. I'll rap about uh Lois Lane and yeah. I'm gonna rap the hardest street shit ever. Yeah. Like, he could do, he was just a chameleon. But if you knew proof, you knew he was a chameleon That's anyway. A That's life. who he yeah. was, right? Yep. So, you know, sometimes he would be at my house staying the night. And he had, when he had uh, Motor City Records, when he was with them. He
0: stuck in
1: the Yeah. Way. And so he would, he would come to my house and bring me T-shirts and stuff. Four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, baby waking up, whatever. <laughs> He'd be waking up, <laughs> cold crib up. And then we sit there and, what you working on, Hush? What you working on? And I would just pull out like you know notebook whatever oh man just you know I got to, let me read it right and then he would read it and it was like he was proofreading like the master was you know the teacher was right. proofreading it for me and he would be like, no, I don't say this part This shit's whack. get that out of here right. oh this word everybody uses this word you know so he was he was helping me get to the level i want i I needed to get to as a as an m c because he knew just through conversation him and bugs. I used to tell him like, and it's, it wasn't, it's not corny, but it was just like, man, I want to be the greatest lyricist ever. We right. be, be talking to them like that. You know, we would talk out loud. I mean, right. I want to be the best MC ever. And they'd be like, man, well, you know, if you're going to do that, like, you know, you got to like do something else. You got to get away from the ruckus and do some solo reinvent yourself, you know, things like that. Right. And so I got the opportunity when, uh, when M got a distribution deal for Shady Records, um, me and Bizarre were the first people he came to. And he was like, I want to sign you. He goes, but I don't want to sign Ill. And I was like, why? And he was like, I just don't think Ill's on your level. Like y'all are good for what y'all do as a group. Right. Cause you know, again, we're we're like the naughty by nature. Like I'm the Tretch, he's the Vin Rock. It's just always been that way. He's like, but you know, on a solo tip, I got you and I was like super loyal to ill because ill had had my back when we were pressing up all them records, pressing up them CDs, ill was out there hustling to get the money for it. Like I, I, and he was my man. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm, I stay loyal with people. I don't, I don't go behind people's backs like that. And so I came to him and I was like, look, and we had, we had three record deals on the table. Mm -hmm. We we were about, we were. We were in a, a decision actually be, be, between signing with Twism, which was Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, yeah. Yeah. and Rough House. Okay. okay. Which was um, this? This? Yeah, yeah. they had Fuji's, they had Cypress, all that, and we we had been out to L.A. and been to like Cypress events, and so yeah. and and been cool with the people at Roughhouse. Right. They always would be. They would pick the phone up in a heartbeat to talk to us. So they they knew everything we were doing. So and, and Shaq had flown us out to to talk to Twism and and drop off stuff with them. And then we did a, a um a showcase for Twism right. here that they came out here to see us. Right. Um so we had things in the fire. Right. So I just went to Ill and I was like, Look, M just offered me a deal with Shady. And he was like, solo deal? He's like, Why don't he want to sign the ruckus? And I said, Dog, he just don't want you. He right. just he you know, he wants me and he's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I said, "Look, let let's see what happens with these labels. Right. Let's see what happens if if it could pop off for us. Right. Let's see. We we got this far cuz we was we were really, I mean, that We Shine and 150 MCs, 150 MCs really got us out of here. Right. Because it had got on like websites when websites were first starting out. Yeah. And so a lot of bloggers and stuff was talking about it and then they put us in like top ten lists. Right. So then labels started getting heavy on that. So that's how we kinda like started yeah, talking about
0: y'all, y'all beating up the streets. Wait, still, beating dude. up
1: the streets.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Trying. Everywhere, yeah. Did you have a wasn't you working with another label? It was like another major or something. Was it later?
1: Giffen, you talking? about.
2: Giffen or Capital? Giffen. something? Okay. Well,
1: I had. Well, I was. Talk, well, this was later. Like. Okay. So M, I went back to M, and I was like, "Dog, like I'm gonna see what happens with Ill, and then if nothing happens, I'll come back and, and holler at you." And M was like, "All right, cool." He was like, "Well, you know, Jimmy gave me two million dollars to start uh, shading." I was like, "All right, cool." He's like, "I got a budget." we can you know we'll do whatever all right cool went back just kept on you know maintaining a relationship with all the labels and then AOL and Time Warner merged yeah. and the Seagram's deal hit and all the all the sub labels got dropped yeah. every single one it didn't right. matter who you were right Shaq got dropped cube got dropped corrupt got dropped every anybody that had a sub label right. rough house got dropped from columbia um and Shaq got dropped. So it was then it was a disaster. Now it's like we got nobody. And here I got this opportunity with M, but then I got no opportunity with the ruckus. I gotta go back and start this all over again. But I had already been talked to by M. So I went back to M and M was like, I can't do it. He's like, I just signed a letter of intent with all the D12. He yeah. goes, and that's gonna be a project because I gotta help him write the hooks. Right. And, and we got to get some content. You know, we got to try to figure out. You know what we're gonna. You know what the the song's gonna be like. And right. I got to come up with that. A lot of pressure on me. Right. He's like, and I can't do both. I got to focus on one. And I didn't even sweat it. I was just like, all right, cool. And from there, I started like venturing out and told Ill like, all right, I'm gonna start doing my solo stuff.
2: Right.
1: And so I started venturing out. The first people I talked to was Capital. Okay. And I had a hook up with this girl. At Capitol, she took me all around. She took me to all through the label. She introduced me to Dilated Peoples, who became my my, my really good friends, right? Because um, they had I think they had just got signed there, um, or came off of another label and, and ended up at Capitol. Um, we hung out there. Um, she took me to Lyris's Lounge okay. that right. day. That's how I right. saw Beretta and them, right. which right. was right. ill because I ended up in a cipher <laughs> with most Def and Taleb and invincible you know like it was just crazy and it was so dope because you know here these are my people invincible and beretta is like my people like so then you see like yo like then it's like i come out the audience right and the girl was like, well, I could have we was going backstage, but I didn't know you know them. I'm like, yeah, these are my you don't even know who these are. These are like my friends. Like right. you know, so then I'm was, now I'm on it set.
0: Was dope to see you put them on your Baretta on your
1: Al Oh yeah. Right. Dog, well Beretta's my Beretta's one of my all-time yeah. favorite Detroit MCs. Right. And then then when I got introduced to Lowe from Raw Collection, like now, it's like low is yeah. like the Tupac to me, yeah. uh, which was, which is, that's a whole nother story because yeah, yeah. eventually I got signed to Geffen. Right. But right before I got signed to Geffen, I started doing all this stuff for the Pistons. Yeah.
2: Right? Okay.
1: Full circle. So now okay, we're right. doing everything. I, now I, I, I had a meeting with an executive producer at Fox Sports Net. And he was like, Look, our ratings are shit. He's like, we trying to do something new. You got any ideas? And I was like, Yeah like boom 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 let me do a piston song right. let me let me introduce it in the, you know as the intro to the to the the show
2: right
1: then later on if depending on what the ratings are let's let's let me do a third quarter one and then y'all cut tape to the first and second quarters right. and make a video for the third quarter
2: yeah
1: so we so it looks like it's live like it like it was actually done yeah right and their now ratings we went through the roof Right. And to this day, um that their show was the highest rated Fox Sports Net show. Because of that, right. that guy ended up getting the the entire like running the entire Fox Sports Net in San Diego because of that. Then he went to create start the Timberwolves uh doing it. Now he then he went to Atlanta and did the same thing in Atlanta. Right. With a rapper from Atlanta. It's a trend. Now now it's a trend. We was doing it before TNT and all them was doing it. Right. So um, that actually helped me when I got my deal. Because when I got my deal, um, Jimmy Iovine was like, you know, your music seems to be geared towards sports anthems. You know, stadiums type stuff. Right. And he was like, you know, we should still continue to do that. We just have to figure out how. And I was like, well, well, you know, let me just let me spitball it and try to figure out how to, because I had a band at the time. I was doing the rap rock thing. I felt, felt like that that would be the best way for me to invent myself or reinvent myself from coming from the ruckus. So, you know, I had a band, and, you know, I get a couple showcases, got my record deal. And then Geffen was like, that we've been, Jimmy, Jimmy was like, I've been looking for this. The whole time I've been I, I've been a musician. That rap's been around. I've wanted to find a true MC with a true rock band right. that that would you know could really pull this off. And you know he had Limp Bizkit, yeah. you know and all, yeah. that, but he he wasn't he didn't like Fred Durst, mm. even though Fred Durst and them sold sold records. Right. He just you know he just thought that Fred's not a real MC. Right. You know it would be doper if it was if a, a dope MC. Know, a real MC right. fronted Limp Biscuit, right, right. you know, same way that like Rage Against the Machine, Rage is dope. Yeah, right. Zach's a real MC. Right, right. You know, but they didn't have anything like that. Right. And it was kind of hard to tell where rap rock was going, right? Because it was kind of like in the middle. And some days, you know, some years it was down, and some years it was up, and some right. years it was down. You had POD, right. Lincoln Park, right. Kid Rock was out. Right. So you had all these types of groups, and I just get—I'm the first one that they see as a real MC that could front the rock band. And Jimmy's like, "We got to figure out how to do this the right way." Right. And I did a—I um, found out that they were making a uh, boxing show uh, for NBC.
0: Perfect. So sports and rap—you was doing always it. doing it. You right. did it before. Uh, Welcome to Detroit City. Then yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: Detroit, right, be- right before, trick, way
0: before that, actually. Trick, trick, oh, yeah. The, I mean,
1: right. Trick Trick created the anthem, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, because, yeah. you know, that hook M-, M did for that was just yeah. like undeniable. Said, you know what I mean? Tell me something. You you the
0: only one with a Nate Dogg video, right? And from Detroit. No, Obi. Oh, oh that's right.
1: I had it before right, Obi, though. Yeah, right. I
0: think I had it before Obi. Or we had it at the same time. Okay. Right. M didn't do a Nate Dogg. He didn't do for, Till the Collapse video? No. Shake That? No, that was... Akon. Um, What was yeah. the song he had? Till the co- Collapse, wasn't it? Yeah. I it was. Think, it, and Nate I was on Till that. I Collapse. But wasn't he on something I don't else? I think he had a video for no, it. No, I don't think he. He. he never did a yeah. video. Yeah. We had to look that up. So you right. did. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean,
1: M was in uh, Next Episode video with Nate Dogg was was on that video. Right, but, right. but I mean, as far as like uh, artists so with yeah, a yeah, Nate Dogg feature?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I Obi might have had the feature before me, or we had it at the same time. Mm. Right. Because he had the setup. Yeah, of course. That was, yeah. And that was that ill. Was Ill. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that was so was ill. Glad. And he had uh, Maya in that
0: video, too, yeah. I think. She yeah. was the girl. Yeah. 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 He had the remix with Redman and Lloyd Banks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was so that was, that Nate was bad. my boy.
1: Nate Nate, and I became really good friends. Nate's manager, he used to manage Stevie Wonder. Mm. And all like like major R and B like old school. Right. His manager Rod, was was the shit. He was he would take me aside. He would call me, and be like, "What? How's your publishing? What's right. going on with your royalty rate right now? You know you got this going on. You need to be doing this." He right. was so army. And then Nate, it was like it was it was a weird thing how that came about because. I was Jimmy had hit me up and was like, you know, you have access now for your album. Who you want to be featured. You've got you're on Geffen, your sister labels is Interscope and AM. So between AM, Interscope and Geffen, I was you got the plethora, but I'm yeah. I'm on Geffen because Geffen had swallowed up MCA. And MCA had the roots common. Black Star, Mary J. Blige, right. uh, Dilla was, Snoop, yeah. um, and Dilla had an album. I think when they, but Dilla, Dilla got dropped from MCA before they got swallowed up. But um, but they had his album. E Dub
0: was there too.
1: E Dub was yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Um, so I had access, and so he was like, "Well, who do you want to do features with?" And, dog, I was stupid with it. I was like, <laughs> I was <in> Shanae, <laughs> bro, are you kidding me? I put Sade. I put Sade. I put Mary J. I put Gwen Stefani. Wow. Dog, I was crazy. <laughs> I was, uh, man, come on, bro. I'm not like, what you think? I was like, so he was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Like, you, No, we ain't going to blow it. Dog, you, your whole budget is blown wow. on each oh, one, one of them. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so he was, like, um, he was like, just listen to your tracks or whatever you're making. And maybe you think of somebody at the time. So. I had a song "Let It Breathe," and it was I had the first verse was like basically like I did 150 MCs, but it was like shouting out old school hip hop and how you know what it meant to. It was like it was like telling the story of hip hop. The first verse, how like it had got locked up and you know like all this stuff and it came out and you know it was a block party and all you know whatever. But the way I did it was you know very creative, and I knew like it it was either gonna I I could either put Most deaf or Talib or Common on it. And most def wasn't available because he was shooting a movie, and Common was shooting a movie, but Talib was available, and so I got Talib, and I had met Talib up at up at Interscope offices um, with DJ Quick, and so he knew who I was, and I and even though I had done a, been in a cipher with Most Def, he ain't gonna remember that. That was like back in right. two thousand, where it was like years before that. So you know, and, and he was probably wasn't paying attention to me. And Common, that would have just been a, a simple. Well, I grew up with Dilla and we, you know, when I'm from Detroit, blah, blah, blah. And I, like, I remember, you know, like, that's just simple six degrees of separation. Ask T3 about me, you know, like, or whatever. But, um, he was shooting a movie. So I got Talib and Talib I met and and met up with and, um, boom, it was on. So then, and then, then I asked for the Pussycat Dolls and they said, yeah, but not all of them just pick one. So I picked this girl, Kaya Jones. She she had wrote um Don't Ya, yeah. their big hit with CeeLo. Um, and then Nicole Scherzinger ended up doing the vocal on it, but she just mimicked Kaya's vocal. Mm. But um yeah, so me, Kaya, Taleb jumped on that joint, which was dope. But then we did I came to M and I was like, Okay, buddy, uh <laughs> I know you're doing production. Like I need I, I need I need beats I said, but I need a verse. And he was like, yeah, you ain't get no verse. I was like, why not? He was like, you don't need me. He kept on saying that. You don't right. need me. Like, you got your own record deal. Why do you want me on? I said, because we're friends. Like, you know what right. I mean? People want to hear a M and Hush back together another verse again. He's right. like, don't worry. We'll, we'll figure something out. He goes, but come to the studio. So I came to the studio, played me a bunch of beats, and I just picked, 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 pick. Now There was like seven or eight that I picked, but one right out the gate. I went back and wrote two. Um, And it ended up becoming the Hush is Coming beat. Mm -hmm. And it was because Steve King, rest in peace, and Louis Resto were on it as well. His little production crew. And they made it like a real rap rock hip hop track. And I was like, yo, this is exactly the sound that I'm going for at the time. Like guitars on everything. I don't care how you do it, but make it hip hop or whatever. And M... M did his thing on that, and so I went to M and I was like, "I want to put somebody on the hook." And he was like, "He goes, he goes. I'm gonna write down a name, but you tell me who you think first And I, I didn't even hesitate. I was like, "Nate Dog," and he, he went like this. He had Nate Dog wrote down, yeah. and he called. uh I don't know if he if he called Jimmy or Paul called Jimmy. Somebody called Jimmy. Right. And was like, yo, Hush wants Nate Dog on this. Or my manager might have called and said, Hush wants Nate Dog on this. And boom, Nate was at the studio, at the Interscope offices, brought his son at the time, Nate Jr., whatever. And he was there. And he uh,
0: was at the inhale singer, his son, his son is... His son's rapping now. Rapping. Is yeah, singing. but he
1: was a little kid oh when he brought him. It was so weird. Damn. And then then he left and uh, dropped his son off with, with uh, his mother. and uh But yeah, Nate... Nate hung out. Nate came back to the Interscope offices because they had a studio built in the building somewhere on one of the floors. And um yeah, we we sat there and Nate brought in a jar. <laughs> he brought in a jar this big. I it was first my first time, and I've been around I've been around that shit on both sides, legal and illegal. I've been around it. But I ain't never seen nobody just come in and this they own personal. And it was like that, and he brought a bottle of hand to and, uh, he just sat there and he was like, so, you know, what you thinking? And we just, you know, we just talked through it, right. you know? And, um, and he was like, you know, what? he goes, you kind of coming in the game. I kind of want to do something like, call oh, hush is coming. Like, you, you know, you just, you come, you, you come into your own. He's like, but you coming into your own in all the cities, like all the cities now recognize you besides Detroit. Right. And, um, so he goes but right out the gate, I'm gonna say, uh, from the motor city. And then, but he goes. The rest ain't gonna be that. It's gonna be from other cities or whatever. And I was with it because I was like, good, because that's what I want. I want. I want the whole rest of the country to hear who I am and hear what I got to bring to the table. Right. So you know, he knocked that out. And then um, we stayed in touch. We talked all the time, man. We talked on the phone a lot. He met my parents. He met my brother. Like Nate was just so freaking cool. Um, I, I, we had. Um, I went on tour with him for the anger management tour and Paul called me uh, when we had just got done with Madison square garden and said, Hey, uh, we're going to have you open it at Comerica park. He wow. goes, what you want to do? And I said, there's only one thing to do. And I just had Nate on stage with me. So I said, he goes, whatever you're going to do, like, you know, just make sure it's big. Cause you know, this is, this is, your, this is our city, yeah. you know, and you get in a stadium. Right. He goes, nobody ever gets this shot. Right. And I was like, bet. I called Nate up and I was like, yo. I said, you coming to Detroit? I said, but you got to stay in Detroit. He said, why? I said, because the show is on a Friday. My album release party is on Tuesday. I'm like, I need you at the album release party. Right. And he's like, he goes, all right, well. um," He goes, I'm going to need you to talk it out with Warren G. Because Warren's got something planned or something that weekend. I said, all right. Let me, you know, let me get on the horn with Warren, and figure out what, what how we doing this. I said, but you, you there for the anger management? He's like, yeah. He goes, that's that's Eminem, of course. I, I'm gonna be there because it was fifty on tour. Yeah. M. Uh, Lil John, Ludacris was on it for a little while. You know, all the G Unit, obviously. Um, and Paul had asked me and Trick to open because oh. Trick had had just put it, his album was coming out same time as mine.
2: Right. Because.
1: <laughs> trick is crazy. I'm in a van. Tricks in the bus. Like got his own bus on tour. That was when wow. he was on Motown. Right? And we was we was no nah, he uh, yeah he yeah he was on people, Motown.
0: People versus Trick Trick out, Yeah
1: right? yeah yep. And we was following. We went on the whole, pretty much the whole country. We did the whole country. I I jumped off for, I dumped jumped off for uh, a, a little bit of time to go on tour with Snoop, overseas. Okay. And that but then I came back to the anger management. But. um yeah, Warren was like, uh you got to throw him a birthday party. He goes, that's what I was planning. He he goes, he didn't know I was throwing him a birthday party, but um if you can, you know, it's going to be his birthday that weekend, so I need you to throw him a birthday party. And I was like, really? no wonder we get along. We both Leo's. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this just makes sense. So I threw him a big ass birthday. We did the show and then I threw him a big ass birthday party at envy. Right. And it was fire. We had a man, we had uh, we got trashed that night. We had so much fun. And then then I had my record release party at, in Mount Clemens at Emerald Theater.
2: Right.
1: And nobody had a clue. Nobody had a clue he was coming.
2: Wow. And
1: then I brought him out with, dog. I mean, it was sold out. It was like 2,800 people. And it was just like, they... It was a good time. Bro, they lost their mind, dog. <laughs> it, was such a, it was so <laughs> much good times, bro. That that yeah. period of time, even though hip-hop was, was, was uh, unbalanced... Yeah. You know, of where it was going and what was come, leaving and what was... Come, I, I, I got caught in that shuffle. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I came I came in the middle of it when I should have came a couple years after. Right. Or a couple years before it. Mm. Um, the good thing is that I was able to sustain, um, you know, the, the downloading.
2: Right.
1: Because I, I was there before the downloading. Right. Right. So the minute the downloading hit, Geffen allowed me to keep my name... They allowed me to keep website names. They allowed me to keep all that. They like they let me have all that. Right. They knew the they had knew the um they knew the, the the road that I had created for myself before right. and how important right. it was.
2: Hey, I want I want to ask you go, going back to the um, anger management tour because you know we get a lot of viewers that are watching that's coming up. What what were you guys doing on a tour as like newer artists at that time? Were you? opening at other spaces were you just there for promotion like what was it all of that okay
1: so this is this is how it works when you're a new artist on a label all right and and the label says hey we have an opportunity here because let me let me try to let me try to put this in perspective so let's say and just this is hypothetical on the levels, okay? Okay. Let's just say Jay Z is at the height of his career, right? And he's on your label,
2: right?
1: But you're Cameron, right? Okay. You're not Jay Z, right. right? And this is not Cameron, or this is, this isn't Cam or Jay. I'm talking about. I'm just saying in in the if you're gonna hypothetically put it in this in this in this you know category, right? They're on the same label. The president knows that Cam is got street records that could compete with Jay. Right. Or he could get to, to Jay's status because Jay is possibly on the way out, right? Right. Somebody's got to fill that slot on the label. And I think at the time, Jordan Scher, who was the president of Geffen, right. looked at M and I as the same way because forever... We got compared to each other. Right. And every interview, I always said, Y'all have to come to Detroit. It's not just me. We all sound the same. Right. I said, If you put Elzai and M on the same record, you are going to get the same syllabic, you know, metaphor, punchline, cadence, flows, all of that. They, right. they, everybody, we all have that. Is that why he
0: said, You don't need me?
1: It's, it's, yeah, because he he you know, tight, because we were so camp. tight. Yeah. M and yeah. I had had created a friendship where you know we we were both broke, homeless at a point. Right. Had, our kids were born two two weeks apart. Wow, going yeah. through the same stuff. Pride fight, was, Bro, uh, I was uh, with M when we yeah. met Royce for the first time because right. Royce and I were opening up for Usher. Yeah. So when you hear right. uh, Tabernacle. Right. Oh, yeah. I was there. Right. I was there. I brought M to the Palladium. It was at the Palladium on Grass. I brought M yeah. And I'll tell you what's even crazy he that nobody talks about.
2: Right.
1: So the ruckus is opening up for Usher. Royce and was Black Wall Street? Wall Street? Or was it Wall just Wall Street? Street. Wall Street. Right. Because right. Black Wall Street was game, right? right? Yeah. So Wall Street. Royce yeah. and Wall Street are opening up for Usher. Right. I booked them to open up for Usher. I had never met Royce before and neither had M. But I brought M to, you know, I'm, yo, I'm opening up for Usher. That's a big fucking deal when but, you're like, you know, when we're in our yeah, for yeah, us we're, we're just, just underground MCs, yeah. but we get, I get an opportunity was to open it up for Usher. 95 98 Okay. Okay. I think it was like 98. 98. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. 97 98. But it was the um um uh, all I do, all I do is think I, that 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 usher. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. I think Jermaine Dupri was doing records on him at the time.
2: Yeah, I think it was his uh, second yeah. second yeah. album. Right, right,
1: okay. But still, it's all it's all girls. The whole right. audience is girls. You got us hardcore rappers <laughs> opening enough <up> for <laughs> usher, right? right? But I was in with the owner, so okay. we was able to make that happen. But I take M with us. And I'm like, yo, I'm over. Come, come just hang out, watch the show. Right. Maybe we you, you get to meet Usher. Like, what? you know, what, you know what I mean? Like,
2: right. we're still fans. Right.
1: You know? And so he came and dog, I, I did my set, came off. We sat in the back of the room, uh, or just stood in the back of the room, and um, we were watching Wall Street, and I can visually see every aspect of this. At some point, Royce takes off his shirt, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> and every time I see him, I mention this shit to him. Like, dog, you remember you took your shirt off in front of all them Usher girls? That's why M says in the in the one song, uh, you know, you go uh, when, when...
0: Screaming Usher fans. Yes, like yeah, screaming Usher fans. Yeah. That's because of that <laughs> night.
1: So, um, but Royce says, I'm iller than standing in front of a gorilla holding a banana. I don't care what he said the rest of the song and right. neither did M because M and I both picked up on that one line and we looked at each other like dog did he <laughs> right. just say what I like yeah, right. looking back right. now it's not that Ill. I mean it's just a, right. it's an ill line but for us like who was always trying to hear something new yeah. right. in in these rappers that we call our friends or whatever we had right. never met, met this dude
0: yeah.
1: we don't know this guy so Kino and Royce came over and um Royce and I said hi, whatever, and Em and him had said hi. Right. And I don't know where, how, but Em and Royce ended up talking on the side or whatever. And everything at Tabernacle, I didn't know what was, I didn't have a clue what was going on. All right. I know is Royce is on stage. That's how I met him right. was that night. I didn't know his baby was being born and his grandmother died the same night. And wow. he had in between did the show, in right. between all that. But what's crazier is Paul Rosenberg came to that, knew that I was there opening up, came to see me to ask me, should he sign Eminem to a management deal? Wow. And then talked to him for a, a couple minutes. Eminem went to the bathroom or whatever. And he was like, you really think I should sign this guy? And I was like, you'd be stupid if you didn't sign M. You'd be dumb. Like, I'm telling you, I'm like, he's, He's our ticket out. I All told right. Paul that he's everybody's ticket out. This dude is that dope. Right. He's like, I know he's dope, but I, I, he goes, I don't know. Like, you know, there's, you know, like I'm, I'm just on the edge of who I'm. He goes, you really think so? I'm like, if you don't. And there was a few people that Paul would talk to, you know, head me, right. this anybody that was right. close to to um. This was right. right after um
0: his single, I mean his album Basement Sounds, right? Um,
1: Infinite, this was at this was after Slim Shady Shady EP, yeah, right, right,
0: right.
1: yeah, because Slim Shady EP is when I met him because I did sound effects for that album, okay, so like Murder Murder and all that, you hear Cash Riders, all that, that's all me on my ASR 10. Oh, I had because I had copied them discs and made all them side sound effect discs, and so Marky and Jeff and Em brought me to Basement or whatever it was, or Web, right, and do all that for him, but. Yeah, that's just when me and Em were hanging out and figuring all that out. I want to go back to something. So you said you booked Wall Street,
2: yeah, voicing them for the show, but you opened up first and you let them come on after you. Did you set the order or did yeah? Oh yeah. Okay, and because a lot of people' ego is not like a lot of people would be like, "No, I let them go first and we are gonna rock."
1: Let me tell you. After. Let me tell you the secret. Mm-hmm. So. I went to all the, I would always go to all the venues and find out who the owner was. And then, you know, I mean, me and Ill would make a press kit. I mean, we really made our stuff look, I mean, I was at Kinko's all the time, like right. making it look very presentable. Mm-hmm. I, I would write our bios. Right. We had professional pictures taken. We had them, them real eight by tens done. We did all that stuff. And then we put it in a packet and deliver it and, and sit down with, we'd, I'd take a meeting Right. I don't even know, even looking back, I don't even know where my headspace was to think on that level. Like, that's real business. Right. Right. But I don't even know why. I I just wanted us to get on so bad. I was just like, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And this is the way, there has to be a professionalism there. Right. And I knew that if I got got on in that venue, the first thing I wanted to do was book my group with whatever else they allowed me to book for that venue. Because that's what I did was... I would go in and say, I want a hip-hop night. Right. Which is how we got the Wired Frog. So we had the Wired Frog yeah. on the east side, and we had that for the longest. Right. Um, they let us do whatever. It was just an old movie theater that they had closed down. Some good times in there. Bro. Man, some great times yeah. in there. So, you know, I mean, Bazaar had a record release party yeah, there. Right. I think D12 was there. Like, we, yeah. Man, we had so much fun. But I would go in and get these nights. They would let me book bands or... You know, sometimes they'd be like, well, we need a rock band. I don't know any rock bands, you know, but I would go through Real Detroit and see who's playing and what and then find out who and then I would call and get that band. Hey, I want to come have you come book, you know, like that, that kind of stuff. But in return, he would say, okay, you can have a hip hop night. It'd be a Sunday or it'd be a Wednesday. And I'd be like, I'm fine with that because Alvin's was Wednesdays and Drew's was Friday's. And then you had Ebony Showcase, I think sometimes on Thursdays. So I knew what the hip hop sp- spots was. Right. So I knew if I could get a hip-hop night either opposite that night or the same night, well then people would go flock to all the venues either way, because we did that all the time anyway. Right. So then we would go to a show and still end up at St. Andrews before it closed at two right. o'clock.
2: Right.
1: So but I knew that if I whatever I booked, the ruckus was open. Right. Branding, man, he was branding. All branding, was but the best thing is opening is you make it hard for people to walk after you, and oh, that's right. the way I looked at it. Me and Ill had a tight stage show, right. and I was like, I know we, we go on and we do 20 minutes, half hour, 15 minutes. Man, it'd be hard for somebody to come after us, dude. Right. So any show, we first, right out the gate. Right. We're going to shut this bitch down. <laughs> Like, that's it. We going to wait till very last second to 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 go on. Right. But we first. Right out the gate. I mean, sometimes it backfired. You know, sometimes the owner would be like, look, man, like, it's a kid show. This shit got to be over by 11. Right. Like, and it's, it's 9 o'clock. Right. And you're like, damn, like, I want this place to pack up. And I don't know if these people know that it's a curfew. Like, we have to shut it down yeah. at 11 or midnight. Right. So it'd be nobody in the audience. And we like, fuck, now we got to go out there in front of 16 people. Right. But the one thing I learned is none of that matters. It really doesn't matter because before I got my record deal, I got, I went to, I did two sold out shows at Alvin's on my own in one night. It was so packed in there. They had to usher half the audience out after we did our first show. I did an hour set. It was so packed. We had to usher half that crowd out because it was a line all the way to 94 and we ushered them in and I did the show all over again. This was Rose Razor Blades record release party. That was some good times you with know, Solid I, album, bro. It was so much fun, yeah. and it, and then the second show was even better than the first because I was relaxed at that point. Yeah. Then I'm seeing all my friends there, and they all like yeah, geeked up, you know. And every, you know everybody in the city, it all came out you for that. Vinyl, Wilder, bro. I had vinyl. I had shirts. There. I had merch. I had yeah. I had TV screens yeah, on right. the on the on the <laughs> stage. I was getting ready to leave to go to LA. So it was like everything was perfect. So then after Let that...
2: Me, wait, hold on. Did you have a manager at the time or were you just in tune with the business aspect of it? So
1: I had okay. a business manager. Okay. But he was an investor. Okay. Who didn't want nothing to do with the music business. Right. But I sold myself to this guy and said, look, because he was getting ready to dump all this money into this other artist that I had that I was making beats for. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad because I had did... I did a whole album on his boy, and then I and he was his boy was the first one. I did a whole album, right? Ten beats, hundred dollars a piece, thousand dollars, boom. This next guy, um, no, he did twelve beats on that guy, so it was twelve hundred dollars. Paid me cash, sweet. Yeah. You know that's shut like life. in the, in the music business for yeah. us here bro we didn't get, we didn't ever get, get paid for those no shows oh, yeah, right. we got paid for nothing yeah, you right. lucky you sell a shirt right. but then um his boy came to he's like yo my boy uh wants you to do his album right all right i did 12 songs on him and charged him uh, charged him nine hundred dollars
2: okay
1: so his boy comes to me and he's like yo you charge me twelve hundred. Why you charge my men three hundred dollars cheaper? Yeah. I should have got the deal, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't even realize I did that. Yeah, right. And I was like, you know what? I didn't even realize that. So I went back to my men, and I was like, hey, yo, I need that three hundred dollars. And the business manager was like, I need to, I need to meet with you. I right. want to, I want to meet the guy who's arguing with me over three hundred dollars.
2: So you was saying he wanted to meet you. For three, over, he, yeah, he
1: was like, I want to meet this guy who's arguing with me on the phone because I was like, man, I need my fucking $300. Right. You don't even understand that $300 put gives me diapers. Blah, blah, blah. I was fucking heated.
2: Right.
1: He was like, I need to meet you. I need to meet this guy who's arguing with me over $300. It's $300 fucking dollars. It's nothing. I right. go, if it's nothing, then pay me, motherfucker. Mm. Like, it was heated. Like, yeah. I was, like, I showed up to the meeting with a pistol and everything. I was like, right. I was on one that day. Sat down with this guy. He didn't know nothing about the music business or nothing. The only thing he knew was that he owned a security company that provided security for the 8 Mile movie for the wow. set. Right. And he watched that and thought, maybe if I could find a rapper, I can get built up to enough to where I could, I could we could make some money off of this. Right. And so... He was like, let me ask you a question. You know, all this uh, all this arguing we've been doing. He goes, I just realized something. You're the one with the name. This guy ain't got no name. Why would I put money into this guy? Why don't I put money into you?
2: Wow.
1: You're the one who knows Dilla and M and all these other people. Why don't I just put the money into you? And I was like, yo, like, look, I'm not here to take my man's deal. I, I'm not for that. Because I don't want my man. All. He's, he's like, man, fuck that dude. I don't even know that guy. Damn. He's like, I just know I'm off the strength of of this other guy. He goes, really? I I'm I don't give a fuck about this guy. He you goes, know what's
0: so wild is it took that for for, for people to want to start investing. You know, Prince Vince and all those guys. Oh bro, yeah, they, they didn't have that. Bro, they that didn't have none plain of that. Slate. Was, no, right. uh, You know, they, they yeah get somebody to invest and a guy get killed after the album come out. It was so much of that going on, dude. It bro.
1: was so much of that stuff yeah. going on, and 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 I learned from all that. So all of these all. All those hip hop nights and and marketing and right. and putting up all the, all led to that meeting I had with that guy because I knew how to sell myself. Right. Like, look, this is the, this is a strategy. If I, you know, I, I put this budget together, I can do this. Blah blah. blah. And my man picked up on that. Oh, right. Th- he's just not some dumb person. This dude's like, he's got a budget in his head. He's our yeah because I've been planning this my right. whole fucking life. Like, it, we we're at this point. Right. So he was like. Let's, let's start with, let's start tomorrow. Bet he put me on a $500 a week salary. He gave me my $300 and then he said, you have an unlimited budget. I trust you because it's you, it's, it's nobody else. It's you. You're going to know how to spend the money. Right. And I was like, what great. He's like, I'm like, well, how do I get the money? He's like just go do whatever you need to do tell them to invoice me they'll have I'll cut the check on the spot. And he did man every right. studio session everything I did he cut the check merch everything he cut he cut the video budget he everything he everything. Right. And at some point it was just like I did everything in Detroit I can't get no higher. And then I had labels looking at me but what that wasn't w- really working out the way it was supposed to be because didn't nobody really give a fuck about Detroit at the time. People thought there was a spotlight on Detroit. Yeah, it, was, it really it was. It was. Yeah. It, 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 that wasn't really happening. So he was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm out. He goes, where are you going? I'm going to Atlanta. Okay. I wrote, I'll miss you for Aaliyah. Mm. But got paid like on the side. I didn't get no publishing, nothing mm. like that. My man just cut me off, broke me yeah. off. Um Hooked up with Wait, my, hold
2: up, man. You,
1: you You let that go by too. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did that yeah.
2: connection yeah. come?
1: Detroit to, people? Right. Okay. A lot of Detroit people in Atlanta. Right. A lot of Detroit songwriters. Yeah. A lot of Detroit producers. Um, and then I met Teddy Bishop and, and this other guy out of Atlanta. Right. Um, awesome guys. They were trying to like help me get a deal. Um it's it's and and, and around the same time, here's what's crazy. I wasn't I wasn't in contact with M. Right. For years, I wasn't in contact with him. M and Dre were going at Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, Jermaine Dupree called me on the phone and wanted me to to go yeah. against them.
2: Wow. He wanted you personally, or did yes. he want you to write?
1: No, he oh, wanted me okay. to rap with him to go at M and Dre because he thought I was the only one who could go at M because I know M's background. Right. I right. know he don't know shit about him. Right. And I was like, you You're crazy. crazy. Right. You crazy. Right. That is a guy I'll never test. I right. like I've been around him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I don't wanna be that guy. Right. You know, and we cool. And I'm not gonna bad look for the city. That bad, 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 bad for the city. city. That yeah. ain't how we do. And
0: right. He, he already on the song saying, Welcome to the new mold time. Like,
1: right. Right. Bro, right, exactly. <laughs> but <does> right. but <laughs> I, I moved to Atlanta and this was like Big Meech era, you yeah. know, like I was around all of them dudes, seeing all them guys. Right. We was at Velvet Club, Velvet, and all them spots down there. And I was trying to get on, and then just eventually through meeting one person to this person, this person eventually got me to a manager in in L.A. Okay. Who had nothing to do with rap, but was friends with Jimmy and but had managed Stevie Nicks. Oh yeah. Her whole career. Wow. So I'm like, yo, that I mean, that's that's yeah. that's like rock. Pop, he had Natalie Cole, Dude. like all these people. And I was like, yo, he's on the whole, he's on a way bigger level in my mind than a lot of people. So then I went to LA and then I started doing, I got signed to Geffen and got got on. Right. When I was at Geffen though, they knew all of my history. Cause they had done their research. Was right. was Doctor Octagon on Gaffin around that time? I didn't. I never heard about him being oh, on. Kool on Kool uh, Kiki yeah, Kiki I didn't. Kiki. I didn't. I never heard about black him being.
0: Elvis, I think it was Black. They used to send me so much stuff back like around that
1: time. Like, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, around that time was Rhythm and Gangsta Snoop album. Okay. Yeah. That that was around that time. And um, what else came out around that time? Uh, the Roots had um, uh. Um, damn! What was the name of that song? Uh, it had my man's face on the cover, uh, Malcolm X, as a, as a child or as a, as a, as a as a youth. He had the hat on. The
2: single, I think I remember what you're talking about.
1: So they had that song okay. "Boom" on the, on the album yeah. "I'm a Star," okay, and okay. all that. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, they had that song where uh, where Scott Storch did the beat, and it was no hook. Mm. The song, was song. But that that was uh, that them knowing my whole history of everything I did in Detroit all the all of basketball stuff right. all that stuff they were like okay Jordan shirt who's the president at the time he was like I want to put you on this tour okay and so like i said like when you're there's jay and there's cam right the president of the label is pushing for cam Jay is at the at, Jay is a moving part that's already just moving on its own. Right. It's already the parts are moving. There ain't nothing gonna t- stop that train. Right. But you trying to get my man to get here. Right. And Jordan believed that I was equal to M in that level because of just my history and being around and, and being compared to him so much. When people heard my albums, everybody was like, Man, you sound like M on this. You sound like M on this. Right. So he I was like, Well he's like, M's got this anger management tour and I want you on it. Right. And I was like, bet. Like, I'm, right. yeah, I'm going, let's go. He's like, all right, well, um, I got to go do this Enrique Iglesias record real quick. So, uh, when I, I don't know, he's like, when I get done right. doing this album, like, we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, shit, it was like weeks away.
2: Right.
1: And I was like, well, what's going on? And So I called Jordan. He's like, I just got done. He goes, nobody in my office reminded me. He goes, come to the office. I came to the office and he was like, look, I said, I said, I said to him, I I said, just tell me what it's going to cost because that's the bottom line. Right. What does it cost? Because you ain't putting me on this tour for free. Right. It don't work like that. Somebody's getting paid something or whatever. And he was like 40 grand. Run it. We paid that 40 grand. Now I've mm-hmm. got to look at, well, what is, what is this going to, what, what is going to be my, my role on this tour? Right. right. Because I'm not opening up shows. Right. Right. Um, but I'm going to be at major venues performing outside, Yeah, which is dope because they always had a side stage outside or some sort of venue, um, shows in clubs the, the after-hour shows or what whatever it may be, we are doing something every time we hit that city. Right. But, I'm on Geffen, but I still got my investor with me. Right. So, Geffen's like, well, uh, we're going to press up, you know, on CD uh, and put like, it's going to be free, it's going to be like an album, uh, you know, whatever. It's going to have like um, snippets. Okay. So, we'll put like one song on there and then like, a like, A three-minute snippet. Okay, cool. So they had all that pressed up. And then they're like, "Well, this is all you get." And I'm like, "That can't be all I get. You know how much money like I'm losing out on?" I'm like, "Y'all could be. Y'all, how much money y'all could make on merch? Like, I'm gonna sell the merch." And they were like, "Well, we we ain't got no money for that." I'm like, "I know there's money in my budget. I had a million-dollar deal, so I knew there was money in the budget for that. I spent three hundred grand on." On just recording my album. So right. I knew there was still 700 grand sitting there. I mean, I knew I'd spent some money because Nate cost me some grip. Right. But I still had half a mil sitting there to, to do something with. Right. So I just looked at my man and was like, yo, we, we're going to have to pick up the slack here. You want to make some money? Let's. We This is what we got to do. And he was like, whatever you need. Man, we had hush shirts. We had hush hats. We had... We had hush panties. We had hush everything you think of. Right. Um, I got, uh, I had a Hummer H2. I had that wrapped.
2: Right.
1: I had a a, a, kind of line van wrapped. Um, We took those, went on tour. I brought Uncle Ill out with me. Oh, yeah. I I called him and said, yo, I need you out here. Right. In two seconds, he was out there with me. Um, Shit, he was, Ill's got stories because he was with me at Interscope when uh jordan called paul rosenberg on the phone and said we needed to do a geffen shady venture here this needs to be hush on shady geffen why don't we do that and paul was like we ain't doing that hush is his own man like we're trying to separate hush from m m's got his m's got his name but hush has his own thing and and jordan i think was looking for the money grab you know like oh this is easy to collect you know see that and ill was there for that but i took ill out on a bunch of dates." We went, you know, we did Vegas. We did a bunch of, you know, and then we I took them on, a, you know, just doing all the tourist shit right, in all right. their cities. We had a good time. But the money, the money is what you got to have. You have right. to have money because right. you can get on a tour. That's nothing. Right. But who's going to pay per diem for food? Right. Who's going to pay the gas? Right. What if you have somebody you, drive the you van? You said
2: you were driving a who's, who, <laughs> Right. Who's
1: going to drive right. the van? Yeah. Who's going to provide the vehicle? Right. You could get somebody to sponsor it, you know, yeah. but but you got to have months and months of planning to get to that point. Me, right. Right. I had the money, so I was able to just go, OK, well, I got a Hummer and I've got a van. Let's get those wrapped. Boom. Right. Call, call my boy up at uh, at Jay Silkscreens. Who do I know? Who do you know that wraps vans? Oh, this guy over here that comes in and gets these T-shirts. All right. You hook me up with him. Boom! It, I mean, it went by so fast.
0: You had cover stories and all oh, dog!
1: That. And then I had a pub, I paid a publicist. Yeah. Okay. So I had a publicist that I paid four grand a month mm. to every month.
2: Mm. Right. But
1: her job, she they were with William. They were with another agency, but I was connected with William Morris, Morris Agency yeah. also. Okay. Right. So William Morris was helping me because I was acting also. Mm. That getting a record deal oh, helped yeah. me get into the acting. So right. they they got me a set side deal with. William Morris on the acting side. So me and Ludacris had the same same agents. Right. We had we, we, me and Ludacris was yeah. ghostwriting for Will Smith. Wow. And we had the same yeah, people. Duck, we had the same. No dog. I'm telling God. you, I'm Forrest Gump, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Gump yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm Forrest right.
0: fucking Gumping this bitch. I'm telling you. You know, I wish I would have followed you with the camera, man.
2: So my yeah, boy yeah. Dan
1: Casey did. He did for okay. a little bit. He he That's... up till getting my record deal. Wow. Right. But then after my record deal, he went, did his own thing. He went and you, know, nice. and, you nice. and I were talking, you know, he, he, he shot my first video, but he just did Fast and Furious 9. He wrote the screenplay for it. Wow. And he's, he did 10 Cloverfield Lane. He did uh, Ken. He did a bunch yeah. of uh, other stuff, but he's from here. But, wow. but yeah. I had the money at my, at my disposal. So I could go to my guy and be like, Hey, look, I'm going on tour. I need a gas card. All right, cool. He would just give me a card, and it was only for gas. Right. Don't use it on anything else. Right. Say the receipts, and then we'd write it off. Right. You know? Hey,
2: that's key right there. So a lot of people, it it sounds like a lot of what you accomplished came from you just understanding the business side. Things not just the music, not just
0: the art. But well, I was doing consignments. Yeah, and you was you presented store uh, shelf placement. And, yeah, I yeah. saw that Record
1: Time had um murals done on their garage doors. Yeah, yeah, I remember you had one. And I went to the owner and I said, that "My record's dope. about to come out. It'd be a good luck if you had my record on this, wow. on my album cover on the on the garage door." Yeah, he right. charged me two hundred dollars. Wow. Bet here's two hundred dollars. Right. But my consignments was off the hook. I mean yes. that it it I mean I was young and so it was a uh, it was you know that 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 5000 hours, you know, that 10000 hours or whatever, that's 5 years of your life. Yeah. It for me it was like 10. Right. It but it was it Detroit is a hard it's hard, bro. Mm-hmm. I be it, it's hard because nobody wants to spend money. Nobody wants to buy your record. Right. You know, the only people buying albums Locally, were I mean, you would sell your stuff to your like your, to your friends, right? So you would show it with your cassettes or CDs to to all the rappers, right? And DJs, and because they knew that they would have to put something out, right. but they would want their money too, right. you know. Um, you know, I bought me and uh, Rio Butterfield was talking about. You know, we both bought Slum Tape. And five L tape the same day. Yeah, I remember. You right. know, they was going around in this same little cardboard day. box, yeah. same day. You know, T three had a uh, by ten had a box, and yeah. and Thyme had a box. Yeah, and it was like five dollars so, or whatever. It was like Disc Makers, baby. We Disc makers, makers, baby. This yeah, Disc <laughs> Makers. That's
0: that's who that pressed up some... our first shit. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to um before we wrap it up, man. I, you know. Um, when Bugs passed away, when I when I went to the funeral, it was like you were the first one there. I seen you and Swift, right? Yeah. But to see after all these the dues we paid and the years that went by, and, uh, even Bugs is not really mentioned anymore. But to see uh D12 is only two people on stage after all these years, man. Uh, yeah, they just were out with my DJ. Yeah, just what what you got to say? I mean, it's fifty years of hip hop. We fifty and we lost a lot. Yeah. What do you got to say to our, our hip hop community about our legacy and, and protecting it, and you know, unity? You know, because the younger guys got a lot more unity than we had. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, you know, I think it's it, financial, that economy wise. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm I'm a very long winded person, right? So. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the respect we have to have for each other. At the end of the day, it's about respect. I think that's that's what it's always had to come down to because I'm a fan first of hip hop, period. Even if I wasn't a rapper or a producer or a part of it somehow culturally, like, I am a fan. Like, I was a fan of Irv And I was a fan of AWOL. And I was a fan of Prince Vince. I was a fan, big fan, of Awesome Dre. But even more so, I was a fan of EZB and DJ Los. Yeah, yeah. That album is why I wanted to be a Detroit rapper. Right. Ice-T made me want to be a rapper. But EZB and DJ Los made me want to be a Detroit rapper. Right. Because they did it right. It was just something about the the whole album, the skits, the whole, right. it was a movie, right. it was cinematic. The, on, album, on the cover, yeah, that album cover, was was the album cover was the illest you. of all time. I would love to have that whole album <laughs> oh, cover on my wall, yeah. just the whole wall yeah. in that. So I when I see Los to this day yes, like it's, it's bro so I so bow to that day. guy he, he and he's one of my good friends <laughs> I like say untouchable every bro. Time I see right. every time I see him <laughs> I see untouchable and he probably gets sick of me bringing it up to him cuz I, I talk about it every time but you know as a fan though yeah. that's what that's what made me fall in love with it and I don't and I never forget that. I still drive around, I still listen to Untouchable, I still yeah. listen to You Can't Hold Me Back. I still listen to Merciless Amir. I right. still listen to Rap Mafia. Right. I still listen to all, I still listen to Isham. I still listen to all this stuff right. that that made me in say I'm that, that made me be proud that I'm a right. part right. of this community. Right, right. Right. But the other, there's a flip side to that, and that's right. like once you get into the business side of it and you're in, you're in it, right? As an artist, you know, without directions of some of our legends or peers that can guide us to how to create or, or, or not create, but how to maintain our legacy. Right, right. Then it, we, it gets lost right. in the shuffle. And, and a part of that is, you know, ego. And you're an artist. You're selfish. Yeah. You focus on yourself. If you're still doing it at my age, you know I got another album coming out this year, and I got I'm in preparation for that, and 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 a, a lot of stuff is out of sight, out of mind. The only time I I tend to that I'm guilty of it, the only time I tend to forget about it is when I'm in the in the mix of it. Okay. But as I'm on my way out, getting ready to. Sh- you know, display this product right. to the world, I go, who's gonna open up?
2: Yeah.
1: Who's gonna be there? Who do I get right. who's gonna DJ tonight? Who's gonna, you know? Then I call my friends.
2: Right. right.
1: And then when we get around each other, it's like a high school reunion.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? But growing up in the scene, Isham didn't 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 he wasn't a part of our era. It right. He was a part of our era, but he wasn't a part of our underground scene. Yeah. Right. He was creating his own lane. He right. created his own scene. You never seen Isham out no. ever. You seen him at God. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Music. You see him, at, you know, at yeah, Shanteliks yeah. or something yeah, like. But right. yeah. but that's just because he's Batman. dropping off. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was going.
2: Off, to, uh, he was going to get the paper. He yeah. wasn't trying to really right. socialize with other rappers.
1: I mean, I. I a lot of people, I mean, I'm really glad that Caniva and Swift, yeah, they hold it down. Yeah. man, I love those guys, bro. Yeah. Salute to y'all. Salute to really. them, man. Yeah. Caniva is my, uh, Swift, all of them are he, my guys. But, right, head you know, up When I talk, talk to Caniva, thing. dog, it's like I'm talking to my brother. Like, it's like, and we got the same last name. It's like, yo, like, we both Carlisles. Like, we it's like, it's like we family already, yeah. you know. But just to, every time we talk, you know, I, I, I tell them, like, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he he took the ball and he's running with it. And they're doing it all. I mean, they just came off that Snoop tour, you know, with uh, my DJ, DJ Invisible. Dope and shit. and man, he's so happy. He's yeah. scratching with his gym shoes. Bro, he's, he's doing what he was man. doing for, for when we seen him back in the 90s. Man. And he, he's
2: hilarious, dog, because the little skits he do with man. the snacks from oh, different countries.
1: Man. Bro, he's crazy. I was man. like, man. He's so fun, man. He's such a fun guy to be around, man. He Him and I have really bonded. Outside of music, like he, he came and was a part of uh, Detroit Dog Rescue when I first started yeah. it. Wow. doing my, my activism. So he came and was doing that with me. He wasn't scratching. He was out driving his truck chasing right. dogs in the, in the community with me, that's you know. Um, but That was dope to see that. Huh? Yeah, I but the, you know the TV every other day. Listen, dude, hey, because dope. the legacy for me is yeah. bringing everybody I know right. together right. and trying to involve everybody together. Sometimes it's backfired on me, and I've had people say, "Man, stop trying to bring everybody together, dog. People right. don't want to be together. Right. Leave them alone." And I'm like, "That's stupid." Yeah. I that as a DJ. Yeah, I'm and sure you I have. You know, calling me. I
0: don't fuck with this guy. Right? I don't. <laughs> I don't fuck with this dude. And I don't fuck with that dude. You trying to put? I'm like, but yo, yo,
1: y'all, y'all talking about shit that don't even make no sense. Right. But 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 the street guys now, they get it. They they all get it. Yep. They all they, they are there with each other, collabing. You know, using the same studio, using the same producer. The sound is similar, but at the same
0: time, it's like it's like like the guy GT, the young guy. He they start foundations and stuff. They coming out outside of that tunnel vision. Yeah, right. You know, it's just like you know. Well, like,
1: social media has helped them a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing too. Because when we didn't have none of that, right? right? So the only thing we had was what our parents or the baby boomers had that we could look at and even then we wasn't looking at that because to, that was like old people shit right. yeah. you know what i mean yeah. creating a foundation where well, you got to be old to yeah. do that Correct. and you got to have some money yeah. where are you going to get money from yeah. that's that right. that was out of our lane to us what ups. a
0: battle rapping, i think it kind of it kind of kept us not really in the building something. You think so? You
2: know what? I think, so,
0: when you mentioned
2: earlier, you mentioned earlier, so we brought it up with Eshawn, right? He wasn't in the the hip-hop community like that. And when you mentioned earlier, you said you was going to the hip-hop shop, but you had felt like you was outgrowing the battle Mm -hmm. rap thing. Because
1: a lot of I had already outgrown it by that point. Can you
0: you just look at it? Not to cut you off, B-Boy McCord. Look at all the guys that came out of this MC Breed. The AWARS, the, the Austin
1: Dre's, and, and this was the DFC. Te- they, he was the template. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To Michigan being
1: on a breed, map. Breed, when I got to Atlanta, Breed made one phone call for me and got me to uh, perform at the Uptown Comedy Club because his manager wow. owned that. You talk about a white rapper coming into an all-black comedy yeah. club in Atlanta, in Atlanta, and they called me on stage to perform a song. Right? You talk about nervous. Like I was like, oh my god! You like, and we had a comedy <laughs> club, dog. No, right. They gonna roast <laughs> my ass, and they did. You know, after, I mean, not the audience, but you know, they they audience was like, yeah, you know, it's dope to see. Right. You put but your nuts on the no
0: home, home. yeah. Don't put your nuts on a block. You like got that, to. Man, you really, got right.
1: if if you if that's what you wanted. Really. Right. I look at it now, and I'm like. I had to be fucking crazy. Like, what was I thinking? You know, like I, I wouldn't even think to to do any of this shit. That shit now, right. like I have no energy for any of that shit. Like, man, talk about um. Before we get out of here, man,
0: you you a producer, MC. Um, what was your take on on uh, Dilla's documentary?
1: Yo, I'm not lying to you when I say this. I like first of all, I had no idea about the moment he passed with his mother in the car. Mm. And I got goosebumps right now because mm. right. I cried my eyes out on my couch. I watched it by myself mm. and I bawled my eyes out. Bawled. Mm. And I just, I, I kept saying to myself, uh, it's unfair. That was so unfair that he, his life was cut short like that. Right. Because. That's why I do bill Daniels. to see the intricate Behind the scenes. I talked to Killer Gans. I said, hey, dog, why ain't nobody ever asked me to come perform on that? And he was like, I got you next year, mm-hmm. dog. He's like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Like, And I was like, nobody ever thinks to ask me. I was around all that. Mm-hmm. Me and Dilla grew up in the neighborhood. Well, we found out later. His mom, I talked to his mom about growing up in the neighborhood and all that. And she remembered me from when we were kids. But um, I thought... Um, I thought they could have incorporated a few more interviews of people that that were left out of the interviews. and But, again, you and I and Red, we, we, we don't know the backstories, right? right. We don't know what, what goes on behind the scenes, but we can just watch it and say, well, subjectively, like, how come T3 wasn't involved more? Right. right. You know, I mean, about 10. Right. No, that was a group. Right. We grew up with Pete Groove, so Yeah oh that's my guy too. Right. Pete yeah. Groove's my dude. Yeah. My dude. Yeah. Love, love P Groove. I ain't I seen him in forever. Yeah. But um but yeah, so it's like there there were things that I was just like, uh I thought were left out. Um I thought a lot of I think there was probably more interviews uh of him. Right. out there besides my just focusing on my mans right, right, right I mean maybe that that might have been the most extensive interview that Dilla had ever done but can you imagine though not to cut you off
0: Hush. no it's okay if they would have pulled out those metro time cover stories that he did back in the days and pulled those interviews up and, and gave all that us, stuff gave us that
1: Detroitism. Yeah. I didn't even know they did one that's what's crazy wow. I first, when I first um when I first heard about the documentary, I thought it was like its own standalone. Right. And then I find out it's just a part of a series, of that, uh, and it's just yeah, an episode on that. it. Right. Dilla could have had a two-hour yeah. documentary. Yeah. Episodes. Right. He he, he could have had his own series. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Wu Tang. Bro, he could have right. a whole. Oh yeah, fictional one. Yeah, like right. I mean, not fictional, but based on. Right. There could have right. been a whole thing on him like that, but. Um, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah his life was his life was uh cut really short and it's just um like I said, I didn't know about you know his his mom and him him dying on her shoulders and I
0: that just she's just a super strong man I, I think she probably, she probably just now crying
1: bro she, she asked me I' um, been frozen and numb I forget what year it was it might have been ten years ago. she asked me to be a part of uh the foundation mm-hmm. on the board. Cause I was doing all the nonprofit stuff with uh, my dog rescue and all that. And I had had a lot of, um, I had a lot of input. Our boards work and all that. And uh, she had asked me, did I want to be a part of it? And and part of me was just like, I don't want to be a part of that. It's just, it just because it's, it's, I don't, I don't want to be a, that's just something I cannot do of someone like Jay Dilla because as much of uh, as much as what I thought I could bring to the table to that, right. the scope of that is so big that if something fucks up somewhere, I don't want my name attached to something that fucks up a Dilla legacy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. His foundation is his legacy and what he does, what, what that foundation provides. Right. I don't want to be a part of that if somewhere somebody s- screws that up right. and I'm attached to it. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, I did want to do good for it obviously but I was very ignorant in in um education on it uh, you know right. of, of what what was involved and who was what and there was a lot of uh drama going on at that time with his mom and the foundation and 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 um music and where it was and right. people were you know the the beats were out there like crazy I remember that the, you know um so um I didn't want to be a part of that in that way, and, and you know. But later on, if you know, if if she would have asked me, if she would have, if she would have, if my deuce would have uh, pushed me to, to I would
0: have did it. Right. I mean, your 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 level of professionalism with the with the rescue unit with the dogs, I think a lot of people took the heat that like, man, you, this guy, he's our peer group and he's this professional. He got this this going yeah. on. I think a lot of us really seen something other than hip-hop. You know? Well, you
1: know what? After after the record label stuff, I started working for Discovery Channel mm-hmm. okay. and pitching shows to them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then I had, because I had a connection with when I did the Contender show mm-hmm. on NBC with Mark Burnett. So I met a lot of Mark Burnett's people. Okay. And Mark Burnett's people, uh, one of them had created Pimp My Ride, another one that went off to do Whale Wars for Discovery Channel. Yeah. and And that was kind of like stuff I wanted to get into. I loved all that stuff. And so meeting them and whatever they, you know, we started pitching shows and that's how the dog rescue came about. Dave Bing wouldn't let me film a show because the, the little girl that got killed on first 48 mm. wow. um, yeah. with the grandmother well uh, the grandmother got shot, but the little girl that got killed, they did that. They kicked in the door right, and then they shut down filming. And so he wouldn't let me film a, a show. And I had a, I had a show discovery was ready to, to knock it out. We was ready to go, but he let me have a, um, a one hour show on Animal Planet hmm. so I had a one hour show on the dog rescue It's right. called. it was called uh, Detroit Rescue um, Detroit Unleashed it was dope so I, I mean but people that was something I knew I could do it didn't involve people it involved dogs right. I right. had dogs my whole life I grew up on the east side it was always dogs at the party store Right. <laughs> you just, know what I'm saying waiting right. wait, no on cupcakes or some shit you right. was gonna give them when you came out yeah. so I knew that that what that yeah, was like right. so you know i knew i could help in that way and and whatever and and you know again getting out there and getting in front of cnn and nbc and all that i was able to raise 3.5 million dollars right. for the organization right. um we got 1.5 from a lady out in california um who had saw us on nbc with brian williams right. um so that that helped out a lot and then we were able to say okay well we're gonna open up the first no kill dog rescue in the city's mm. history. Right. And we did that. And now they just opened up another one, another million-dollar uh, facility. That's dope. That's so, dope. you know, so they oh, got two dope. facilities now. So, you know, it started in 2011. So, you know, 12 years later, it's still running on its own. I don't. I left it in 2015 right. um, to a, a person because it's a nonprofit. You know, at some point, I did my due diligence. My job was to eliminate the stray dog problem. Right. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a stray dog now. Yeah, you know what I mean? They ain't around like they used to. No, they
2: the used to see them all the
1: time. You used to see them all the time. That's passed.
2: how you got dogs back in the day. You just
1: picked the dogs You're right. off the street. You absolutely right. Can I keep them? I used to tell people dogs was the new crack. Right. For real, because they, yeah. was, they was mating dogs just to sell them. Yeah. Right. Like, that was their new hustle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was able to do that. And that that, that was that made me happy because it, it made me do something outside of elemental of music. Right. right. That I could get some sort of joy from and let my kids see that, right. you know, so it teaches my kids a lot of lessons in that, you know, right. how to deal with, um, animals, stuff it's like it's that. Viciousness, right there. Yeah, you know, and my kids was always there with me. We'd go rescue dogs in the hood all the time. Right. And so they would, they would go with me and, and, uh, you know, they were, my, my oldest, he was like a key holder at the, uh, at the rescue when we finally got it open. So he would wake up in the morning and open the key. We, you know, opened the, all the, la- clean the whole place out. We had... 23 um, uh, units in there. You know, I had 200 volunteers, right. 13 employees. It was a real running operation. It was, it was, it, you know, while I was there, it did its job. And then right. once we got the center open and the strays was taken care of, that was my mission. Right. Then it's got to go into another mission at that point. At that point, it's, now it's maintaining or whatever, and now it's time for me to walk away right. and, and get back to doing this music stuff. When, when is the new joint drop? So we just had our um. We last year, June, we dropped uh 7182313 with my dog, Bobby J, who's from yeah. Queens, New York. You worked with MC Search and all oh, guys. He did. Bobby did. Bobby has done stuff you with Search. Video. I was in the video, right. yeah,
0: around here. It's sad to see him and Pete Mexico like go at it like that. Man, it's sad. Because yeah. they the, they're the same. It's sad, bro. It's cool, sad.
1: White guy. Bro. The
0: yeah.
1: It's sad, yeah, yeah. but you know I mean? I guess there's a lot of. Stuff again. There's yeah. stuff behind the scenes we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. You know they was in separate groups before they, they was put together. Yeah. You know so um, search so cool man. We I mean we you know, I when I've been out in Queens hung out with him um, when we shot that video. You know um, Bobby's friends with him. Um, so me and Bobby put that album out last year. It went to number twenty three on uh, iTunes charts. Uh, which is the highest I've charted anything uh, in my career. Mm-hmm. Highest I got with was uh, 89 on Billboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year we're working on volume two. Okay. Um, this year is going to be a little bit different uh, way we put it together because the first one was a compilation album, but we were the heads of our city and putting people okay. ingrained from people from Queens and I put people from Detroit. Right. So, of course, I got the legends. you I right. had like Guilty and Marv and you know, and now this one, um, I got Beretta. Um, I got I got a verse from Guilty. And then we're g- I'm getting other people. But it's going to be, instead of me producing the whole thing, it's I'm going to produce one track. Four other producers from Detroit are going to produce four other tracks. And then Bobby's going to get five producers from Queens or, or New York. Right. So it's just a I New York. A it, so that way we could showcase the producers right. Right. as well as... The artist. So then, it, it's gonna be Bobby, uh, New York uh, artist, and me with a New York producer, and then on the Detroit side, it's me, Bobby,
2: Detroit
1: artist, Detroit art, yeah, so Detroit artist, Detroit that's producer. Dope. So we're gonna do that this time around. Um, and honestly, we just put it out last time. We, we, we weren't prepared merch-wise, none of that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we weren't prepared for at all. And plus the, the, the backlog on vinyl yeah, pressing is, is crazy, weeks, bro. Months. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Nick Speed has uh, you know, offered to hook up with me, so I'm going to get him to do something yeah. uh, you know, beat-wise on, okay. on it. Um, it. I haven't really reached out yet because we're, we're in the super infant stages because right now I've got about eight, nine, nine beats that he's got to pick from that, that's going to come from me. Um, we always do them anyway, just so you know they end up on the album or as deluxe versions or whatever it may be. Uh, we got a beat from Knotts. Okay. Knotts so, is ill, too. you know. There, Knotts is on a lot of people's stuff. Um, so uh, that's gonna come out this year. Not sure when, but uh, yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to still keep my feet in the in the in the room, man. Right. You know. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. I
0: appreciate you, man. For real, man. You I appreciate y'all, man. One of man. the you most know. talented MC producers I know, man. <laughs> Come of the on, day. man. Straight east side out here. <laughs> yeah. you and Butter ain't rolling up on me at a Home Depot <laughs> <or> a Staples <laughs> with Staples
1: or some shit.
2: <laughs>
0: Butter, you everywhere, dog. Yeah, I'll, I'll be out in AZ a lot. When you talk. when you gonna put something out? I got a new album working. I got a... We need a you and Dad's part two. That's what
1: I'm going to kick it with him. About. You got to. Man. Yeah, I need a beat from Dez. Every time I, every time I've had a show lately, I've tried to get Dez on, uh, you know, to, to do to perform. He's, he's doing something. We everybody, so we gotta set the tone to set the moment. Well, I, I will tell you this: be prepared in two years for the show performing of the century because I'm doing a bulletproof 20th anniversary mm. show. Uh, I haven't, I, I, I haven't reached out to who I'm gonna reach out to, uh, performance wise to come through. Okay, so yeah. we already know Low and Beretta <laughs> are gonna, <laughs> be right. and me, uh, I mean, gonna be there. And I know Kanaga's gonna be there and I know Swift is gonna be there. <laughs> um so maybe Tyler might be there, maybe <laughs> I don't know. We we maybe we could get D twelve to do a show. Right. right. Ain't right. no telling. But either way, it's it's bulletproof 20th anniversary in twenty-five. And so I'm I'm already starting, I've wrote down, I've got notes, I'm I'm getting the wheels spinning. Um I'll do everything I can in my power to have it at Drew's. That'd be dope. Um, Because it would, I think that's gonna be my outro. I think that's it. That's gonna be the last show I do for my career. I'm gonna go out on top like that, (laughs) and uh, I'll have everybody talking as they walk out that door. Like, dang we saw Hush do this for thirty years. That's dope. And uh, in a major way, he did it, man. From the from the locals to the nationals. Yeah, because. 95 is when I we started the ruckus, professionally. So 2025, it's like that's 30 years for me. I'm done. So I'm gonna go out with a bang. Yeah, yeah. Man, thank y'all you all are be beaters Yeah, yeah we're definitely front yeah. row, man. Yeah. Maybe I have y'all live stream it. Right.
2: Yeah. But then
1: we have a live stream. We gotta we gotta get
0: subscribers to make some. Mm. Maybe we yeah. pay per view it. Yeah, we gotta make it. Cause pay-per-view. I ain't giving away that show for free. yeah, y'all. yeah. Make it
1: a big deal. <laughs> Nah, no, it's gonna be it's that gonna, gonna dope. be dope. Man,
0: thank you, Hush, man. man. Keep bringing the motherfucking ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> love
1: them.
0: Shout out to Uncle Ill. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Uncle Ill. Il. Shout out done. to all the real producer MCs like my man Hush. Shout out to Detroit hip hop, man. Yeah, man. Detroit yeah, State Holding. Yeah, yeah. uh, the Friends.